Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 131, which are uh, two films. What did we decide to do? True Grit and what? The Searchers. Not True Grit, what year was that? That's 2010. It's the Coen Brothers remake of John Wayne classic. The other one is the John Searchers. Wayne. John Wayne, yeah, exactly. From what year? Oh, heck. 1958? 1956. 1956. 1956. Now, why did we decide to do these two movies? Um, because they are both originally John Wayne movies, and John Wayne... Uh, at the end of his career, started to take a look at what his legacy was really saying about the West and questioning some of its motivations. And so we wanted to take a look at The Searchers, in which it uh, looks slightly revisionist, uh, in a slightly re- revisionist way, at, uh, at the way that he's portrayed uh, America and American uh, indigenous Americans. And, uh, and then in True Grit, how, what are we passing on as a legacy to the next generation? Right. Brilliant one. Great actors in that one. Incredible. Obviously, yep. Jeff Bridges and uh, what's her name? Haley Stanfield. Haley Stanfield. One of the best child actors of all time. Incredible. Absolutely true. Uh, really great. So you'll be hearing all about that, but we are going to give you, uh, we are actually going to be recording a podcast this uh, Saturday, which is going to be December 2nd uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And what are the films we're going to be doing? Colossus, the Forbin Project. <laughs> Which nobody has heard about but me, but is a really crazy Andromeda style, Andromeda strain style science fiction movie. But about AI. But about AI. So considering what's happening in AI, we thought it was appropriate. And what did we pair it with? Another AI film, a really great film called Her by Spike Jones. And that came out about 2015, I yeah, think. Somewhere. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So we'll be recording that, and it's going to be both on Twitch and YouTube. So make sure you can follow us there. Uh, Twitch is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant and if you'd like to follow us on YouTube and follow us there and make sure you get the announcements when we go live uh, that is youtube.com slash at martini giant youtube.com slash at martini giant so you'll be able to follow us there we'd love to have you part of it of course we're always active with the people on chat while we're recording so we'd love to have you being part of that experience as well Uh, but for now please enjoy True Grit and The Searchers Um, Eric, uh, how have you been? How are things? I've been well. Thank you for asking, Vlad. Um, I've been okay. Just yeah. been busy. Busy Lots working. And, yeah, just um, coming close to finishing the next round of my writing, and it feels good, but I'm tired, and then work, and lots of, you know, stuff. This, you know, the company I, I work with, or advising, you know, it, a lot of meetings, but pitching but it's it's all good and then watching movies uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then um you know i collect old shampoo bottles so i'm oh like, how's that going oh it's going well great. i found i found a ton i did some dumpster diving on tuesday night mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. great i love it yep and you love uh, dumpster diving well i used to actually in new york i used to love i was joking i don't collect uh, shampoo bottles but i used to dumpster dumpster dive in new york in the late 80s early 90s because you would find like you Some know, wild stuff. 19th century mirrors. Yeah, sure. You know, and yeah. walk it 12 blocks back home in the West Village. Some some old lady dies in that's a right. uh, rent-controlled... Street. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> and you end up with this huge mirror. Right. And you're like, what the... Mm-hmm. And now those are the golden days. But like, yeah. this is a right. cool right. chair. Like this huge old 
nineteenth century chair just thrown away. Just or a fireplace, there. you know, all the molding that goes around fireplaces. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like what the It looks like you got the you know, the uh, the set from Rosemary's Baby just That's right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just wild. threw it away. Um <laughs> But that's the good dumpster diving. Yeah. No, yeah. No, not the edible kind. That's bad. If you're in that spot. No, that's the that's bad a sad stuff. place. Um unless uh, you're hungry. I've uh, I saw David Fincher's The Killer. Uh, yes, and, you've been in, talking about the it theater. a lot. No, but this is the first time on the podcast. I'm very excited to do it. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the I've been I've been writing a lot about it. I'm absolutely thrilled with the killer, uh, and I'm looking forward to people seeing this because it comes out, I believe, uh, on Netflix in just a few days. I think it comes out in this coming Friday, um, and it is a uh, it's a how does very, it compare to like you know uh, like Flash Gordon. It is not quite as Sam J. Jones as Flash Gordon is. Okay. Um, but uh, it still has a, a lot of uh, Birdmen. Mm-hmm. So we can feel good about that. Uh, but yeah, it is a, uh, it's interesting. I posted on our Discord that when I was watching, I was like, man, this really feels like um, modern Steven Soderbergh-ish stuff, right? And then it turns out that not only are they good friends... Um, but that Fincher freely threw edits of the killer over to Steven Soderbergh just to fuck around with. And he's like, Oh, this is way better. Good. Let's keep this. Uh, so it is a brand new feeling for, for Fincher. It's sort of a, it's a, uh, they stepped into the telepod together and you get a brand new, uh, flavor of movie. And I was very, 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 very excited about this picture. So how is it compared to the machinist with Chuck Bronson? Oh yeah, like I'm. Uh, you know that I'm an old Chuck Bron- Bronson fan. Uh, yep, and uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is actually, I would say, it ha- it definitely has roots in things like um, uh, uh, like uh, uh what, what's the what's the Melville picture? Um, not Red uh, Circle, but uh, Samurai, right? Um, in it's sort of a very wry, very funny version of the Samurai. Mm. Uh, and so like it, it has a certain, like, I don't want to give away too much. It has a very certain thing it wants to say. Um, and, uh, it's using a genre, this genre to convention that. to drive this, this yeah. idea home. And it's extremely, extremely funny. Like there's a moment in the movie early well, it on. It sounds like kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's not quite as like jokey as kiss, kiss, bang, bang, bang. I but love like, that film. Yeah. That movie's incredible. Oh my God. I wish they would make it. Are you good at counting? Movie. He yeah, shoots dude. the camera. That was actually <laughs> six bullets. Yeah, exactly. So, so good. Idiot. Val Kilmer. <laughs> so good. Val Kilmer's possibly greatest role outside role, of heat. And yeah. I love, uh, more Robert Downey. He's yeah. just like, so that was good. the breakthrough to bring Downey Jr. back to me. Like so that was, that was when good. I was like, he's, he has returned. He has returned. He's so great. Yeah. But yeah, I strongly recommend The Killer. Uh, it is a very, it's experimental for Fincher. It is very much, it's very much what you expect and very much not what you expect. But I'm looking forward to the chat on Discord. And so join our Discord. That's my, that's my yeah. free review review. <coughs> join our that's Discord. Mm. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so uh, we are going to talk about these two films. And I decided... That what are you the, deciding? Th- this is what I've decided. I'm springing it on you guys, and I'm sorry. Oh, God. No doubt. Dan is going to s- describe everything about True Grit in terms of the flow of the movie, and uh, mm-hmm. Eric, you're going to do the searchers. <laughs> Perfect. I think that's reasonable. I like that. Is that reasonable? Yeah. 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 Which one do you want to do first? 
I want to start with True Grit. True Grit. Okay. Let's see if I make it quick. Uh, True Grit is a Coen Brothers remake of the uh, classic John Wayne. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, I can't think of her. Kim Darby. John Wayne, Kim Darby movie. Um, uh, that is quite good. That is quite good in its own right. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize the old version. Um, but the old version is a very traditional, uh, Western of its era. Uh, and it has a sort of like very high end me made for TV movie flavor to me. Um, it's inter it's an interesting watch. He's very good. I think that has to do with the framing. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit, it's flatly framed Academy. Yeah. And, it's um, Little House on the Prairie. It's Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Cause like, I actually love Academy Framing, but it's not very rich. It's very, it's not rich lit. at all. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it's not, it's not quite as, uh, engaging yeah, a picture. It's Little visually. House on the Prairie. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim Darby is very, very good, but she is, she plays a lot of similar roles of that period, um, as the sort of precociously, you know, uh, engaged young girl. Um, she did this on like Star Trek. She does this all over the place. And so like, it's not a very, to me, it's, uh, it's a good version of stuff that she does often, but she doesn't really get interesting until like later in her career, like into the seventies and stuff like that. She's a much better actor later on. Whereas with this movie, I assume we're going to talk a lot about Haley Steinfeld who plays the character in the new version. Uh, and Haley Steinfeld is the precocious young girl in this we have Jeff Bridges um, doing his uh, his Western version of the dude uh, as it Rooster is. Cogburn, um, and it's one of my favorite Jeff Bridges roles. And the Coen Brothers uh, reached back into the source novel uh, to get a lot more of the dialogue and this a very particular form of dialogue. It's a very specific way that they talk. Yeah, it's, it's so a very, great. it's, it, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's like, so it's well a, written. Yeah, it's like a Brit, like this. So they, they, they take the Charles Portis novel and they really just grab the dialogue directly and find a way to enhance it in a very Coen Brothersy way. So the plot of this movie is a very, very, very smart, uh, girl who's around maybe what? 14. 14. Yeah, there we go. Um, although. All these, like, including, like, in, in the searchers, like, Natalie Wood's supposed to be 15, but it looks like she's, like, 20. She's 23. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, like, like, uh, I think that Haley Steinfeld is a bit, is a bit closer to her, actually. Sure. In this, like, um, but she's, she's supposed to be about 14. She's very, 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 very smart. Extremely bright. She's probably the brightest in, person in the entire film. In the entire by movie. Line yeah. By a mile. <laughs> and, uh, and so she is like, she's so smart. It gets her into trouble constantly. And because she's not just smart, she's also extremely morally and ethically rigid. Like she mm -hmm. is like, she is not going to do, she's going to have something done. She's Catherine Hepburn, her, but yeah. young. Exactly. Like she, she is absolutely intractable all the time. And, uh, and, uh, whereas Jeff Bridges is entirely tra tractable. <laughs> like he is a loosey goosey Whatever. person. Right. Exactly. Um, and her father is technically, killed. Isn't he technically a marshal? He's a marshal. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, so he is, so, uh, her father is killed by a no good Nick named um cheney 
played this excellent. Happens, you know, just so we could yeah. this happened before the movie starts. So before we know the movie even ha- starts, we get right. in a narration what happened. Like a no so, like, good Nick. A no good Nick. Uh, like he's a, he's a bad man uh, named Cha- named Chaney, played excellently by uh, um, what's his name from um, Sicario, um, Brolin, uh, Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. Um, and who, who is running with a gang so of Thanos? Yeah. Thanos <laughs> who's running with a gang of just outlaw scumbags. Right. And, um, he's, so he kills her father and she wants, uh, to hire a marshal to retrieve him and bring, bring him to justice, to justice. Right. And so she has like uh, a couple of, uh, hard earned gold pieces that she has, uh, left home with. Uh, against the advice of her uh, apparently dim-witted mother, um, and uh, brother is kind of an idiot. Too, yeah, and so like, uh, and she's gone come to town to hire someone. Um, she and I'll I'll go through it very quickly. She goes to try to find a selection of people to do this, and as she goes through, like she asks around, and someone says, like, okay, well, you can get this guy. He's very very good, and he's very very just. Or you can get this guy. He's very, very, um, he's uh, the meanest. <laughs> yeah. Like you can get this guy who's a fucking drunk scumbag, but he's really mean. Or you can get this other guy who's actually very clever, clever and knows the law is a nice man. And she's like, give me the drunk mean one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how she meets Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is a, um, is known as a, uh, drunken reprobate, uh, who used to be, uh, quite, a heroic figure mm. um, long ago, but now has fallen to drink and he still takes gigs bounty hunting and he's incredibly good, but most of his money is spent drinking and he is a lout. He's a terrible, he's a bad person. Like he's a, right. uh, and he's, and he's perfectly willing to shoot people in the back and move bodies around and blame other people. And like, yep. he has absolutely no uh, ethics or, uh, uh, or integrity whatsoever, at least according to the way that, um, Haley Sandfeld thinks, and she is extremely rigid, as I said. So she hires him, and they go on an adventure to go get um well, and bring this guy back. The scene she first meets him is he's testifying in court, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is rather that. terrific. So, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like she goes to see this guy in action, and he has been he is on trial for fucking outright murdering a couple of guys, and then. <laughs> Faking the, and then like, faking how they died, redressing the scenes, <laughs> so he the, can get away uh, with this it. Crime scene, <laughs> and like it's so it's so obvious that he is like he has done this, like and like he's trying to sort of talk his way out of it, right? Uh, and the lawyer is really pushing him hard, but the more the uh, the more uh, that the people, not in the jury, but the more the the public that is there sort of enjoys the fact that he's a vengeful monster, the more he leans into his ego and just starts playing it up. Just like, well, you know, and he starts get basically giving off this little egoic show, you know, and he, he is, he is, he gets off. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, get uh, convicted of it. And that's when she's like, I'm totally hiring this guy. He's a, he's a bloodthirsty fucking, I mean, like she doesn't say this out loud to herself, but she, she, like she thinks she's hiring the best, but what she's really doing is playing into her emotional need for revenge, which she doesn't want to admit. She 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 thinks she wants justice, but what she really wants is revenge because she's hurt, right? And uh, and so their journey together um, is 
uh, is about uh, her learning sort of uh, a little flexibility and trust in people. Right. right? Uh, and him sort of rediscovering uh, trust in good people like herself because she is at her and compassion (laughs) because she is at her core, a very good person. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, the third wheel in this, in this thing, who is fucking one of my favorite roles for him, Matt Damon is it? He's the U S marshal and the Texas Ranger. Sorry. He's the Texas Ranger, right? He's the Texas Ranger who is also after Cheney. Right. And he's like, Oh, well we can do this together. You know, like we can, we can, and like, like she doesn't like him because he is so bring him back to justice. Like, like she's like, I don't like she, she's like, I I appreciate your help as far as getting him captured. But in reality, like she doesn't want this fucker captured. She wants to see this guy hanged for right. the crime of killing her father. And Matt Damon's like, well, I'm going to bring him back to justice for this other crime that he committed. In Texas. And she's like, yeah, in Texas. And she's like, I don't want him hung for that crime. I want him hung for killing my dad. <laughs> right. But they end up traveling together for the bulk of the movie. And the difference between, uh, Damon and, uh, bridges is essentially, uh, an extrapolation of the warring forces in Haley's own heart. Like, she is a good moral upstanding right person who wants justice. But the fact is she is brokenhearted from losing her father. And that's why she's invested in revenge. And so these two things, these two characters who hate each other, but the, at the outset, those guys coming to respect one another is symbolic of her growing up. And really the movie is about her growing up. And I can, I have specific examples but that's basically the journey of the movie. They come to finally confront Cheney. Cheney is a desperate, weak dick. Like he's not even like a bad guy. He's just a fucking. Yeah, he's almost life. inconsequential. Yeah, he's just like he's just a a guy who's made selfish, lame, dumb choices, right? And he always thinks the world's against him. And now another person has come to punish him for some stupid thing that wasn't really his fault. Right. And she's like, yeah, I am here to punish you for this. You know? And it like, this is the, like she tries to bring rightness to the world in this little bit. And what Cheney represents isn't like some grand villainy, but rather the kind of mistake and the kind of selfish choices that people make, every fucking day that make the world worse. Right. And so this is what she's really against. And that's why the movie is framed by her as a middle-aged woman. And instead of, uh, it being a proud story about how she became, you know, like a heroic positive figure and lived a great life. Like she actually led a bitter, lonely life after this movie, because it turns out, most of the people in the world are like Cheney. And the only thing you can do is stand up for yourself. And it's just like, it's such a rich, powerful, emotional truth in this movie that I cry every single time I've seen this thing. This is one of my, this, this is, this is my, this is almost neck and neck with Unforgiven for my favorite Western of all time. That's my sum up on, on this. It's pretty good. <clears throat> There's some really kind of 
very the the thing that I always loved about is the dialogue is so mm, so smart smart and <laughs> so over like it's it's almost over the top yeah it's hyper articulated right hyper like <laughs> the most the most articulate that you could ever imagine it's just like yeah, might as well even dumb been, people speak like this in this movie yes, like, yeah, like, like yeah, look, dumb people speak like they all went to <laughs> oxford you know yeah, hysterical. <laughs> like they're saying dumb things but they they're are still saying like, dumb yeah. things but they're saying it in such elaborate <laughs> so ways hilarious. it's so hilarious like like why is this always the way of things <laughs> yeah, and there's like there's a there's a line from uh Haley Steinfeld where uh, I hang on. Yeah, continue to talk. I have to quote this line perfectly because it's so good. Hang on. Go ahead. I mean the way she the, the thing I think about her also that's interesting is that she seems to be talking about her her um a parent not her 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 mother she seems to have not very much respect for. She has a brother I guess too that's mentioned doesn't yeah, really it, like him. But I have a feeling that her father was like this very important figure to her. Like he yes. was probably smart. Yes. Yeah, well, like and the thing is like, yeah, you got like, yeah, and you really get the sense that he was a good person. Like that he was like, to her. He was the way people should be. Like he was probably very smart, but I and a business guy. Yeah, like it's very smart and like very like, but I guarantee you he was a very caring, good person, you know, and that's what like she doesn't know how to express that in any other way but her smarts, right? And so like what's wonderful about her is that like this is her one tool is how fucking tack sharp she is. And so she's trying to deal with situations and emotions that she has no experience with. And the only way that she knows how to face it is with uh, uh, her mind breaking it down into language, right? So even when she's wrong, she's articulate and convincing, you know, like when she's arguing with Jeff Bridges over whether or not they should part ways, like everything she's saying is like legally spot on, but emotionally fucked. <laughs> you know? right. and they and they and they they always give her the credit of uh being like she never makes any dumb mistakes like she always makes emotional mistakes as opposed to well dumb those kids. are dumb she's mistakes, 14 though. yeah she's 14 that's what i mean it's like she makes believable mistakes because they're emotional mistakes because she's 14 years old right she's, she's like there's at no point does she do anything like she does stuff where you're like oh fuck what are you doing but you understand and believe that she, she would do this for sure. You know? And it's just like, there's a, like, there's a wonderful bit where, uh, like, uh, they're camping and Jeff Bridges starts laying down a rope around himself. And she's like, what are you doing? And, uh, it's like keeping the snakes out, right? This is how you keep, this is how you keep snakes out. Right. Uh, and she's like, well, I'm, you know, like I would also like a rope, please. Right. And he says, snakes will not bite you. You're too young and bony, right? You're too little and bony. And how does she get hurt in the end? Snakes bite her because she grew up. Right. Like, like snakes will now bite you because you have learned about the world. Like you have grown up as a person. And so, yes, there are fucking snakes. Like it's now a problem for you. 
And like the 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 small little touches of symbols like that is smart like, writing. It's only fucking smart writing. Yeah, it's just yeah. flawless. It's but just the, flawless. The best was with Matt Damon when he would just get in those particular arguments. <laughs> Texas Ranger, and it would just be like, well, I, and then he would like chew his tongue off. But there were so many great moments with just him, where he was like this tough guy who could just be dismantled in a second. He was like <laughs> Ned Flanders. <laughs> it's so true because he's like he really wants to like be perceived as yeah, this like great like, hero. Hello there, neighbor. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. So good. I loved his character. Like when she, like when she talks, this is the quote that I was looking for when she talks to fucking uh, Jeff Bridges, like, and he's like, I'm not going to take a a little girl on a fucking bounty hunt. This is dumb. Right. And, uh, And he's trying to get out of it. And she says, I know you can drink whiskey and snort and spit and wallow in filth and bemoan your station. The rest is bag- braggadocio. <laughs> That's the kind of line where I'm just like, if you gave that to any other child actor, they wouldn't be able to do it. But this girl is so fucking phenomenal. Like, I, I think she's the best child actor I've ever seen. Like it's the best well, debut. Uh, I have I've to ever say, seen. Uh, Paper Moon. With Paper the, Moon. Yeah. Okay. Tied with, tied with Paper Moon tied with paper mint like absolutely phenomenal like she is just outrageous in this movie and she holds her own against fucking jeff bridges matt damon and a, and a fucking score of character actors and like and she's like and she even brings out like for instance i had mentioned this before like i think barry pepper is a good actor like oh, i like barry it's so fun i love Barry Pepper. Oh, I think he's, he's like great. one you of know, my he's favorite awesome. actors, and he was he's, so he is, good. He is often misused. Like he has great power in him, and he's often misused, right? And in this movie, like not only is he does he bring great game to the table, but she brings even more out of him. Like you can tell that Barry Pepper, the actor, admires Haley Steinfeld, and you that comes through in. He's the he's the fucking leader of the villains, but unlike Cheney, he admires her. He sees how smart she is, yeah. like, and he absolutely respects her. Like, he's not gonna. I mean, he'll leave her to die. He's a bad guy, but he does not disrespect her. He sees exactly how powerful she is, and he so knows he, that Cheney's a fucking dumbass. Here's an interesting thing. This is similar to Paper Moon. Mm-hmm. So she was. Uh, nominated for a uh, best supporting actor. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. The star she's, the the, <laughs> she's definitely not the supporting role in this. She is the primary person in this film. Yes, I don't yeah, know she, why they do that. It's so yeah. well. I so think that they do that because obvious. they don't think they can. Like they don't think they can. Go but it doesn't make the, any sense. It's support. That's not the. That's not the definition of a supporting role. I yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, like, like they're like, on the board, and that's probably the way they looked at it. She'll have plenty more time to. Shine. Yeah, yeah, and like, like, because they they want they want to get her a win early on. If she goes up against Meryl Streep, like the fucking structure of Hollywood is going to give it to Meryl Streep. Like they they want the just for her as a as a business of selling Haley Steinfeld as a, you know, as a as as a, as a. Um, if you're an agent, if you're her agent, you're like, we got to go for best supporting because we're not going to get best actor here. Right. Not up against, you know, whoever, you know, did the most 
you know, fucking academy friendly movie. Sure. When and then Cl- we should also note that Deacons shot this. Yes. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. And another, like the thing is what's, what's great about Deacons is that even when Deacons shoots stuff that's beautiful, he's not a showy cinematographer. Like he, he brings you to a beautiful place, but he never goes, look at that Roger Deacons action. Like, like, so you'll just be watching That's a, a shot. It's a Deacon sunset. It's a Deacon sunset. You know, like he'll, he'll bring you a shot and like, he'll, you'll just arrive at a shot and it'll occur to you that it's beautiful, but you're still in the movie. Whereas like lots of people that win for best cinematography, like they win because they fucking got a good sunset, you know? And, uh, where Deacon's <laughs> is like the ultimate pro. He's just like, I'm here to make the movie first. And then yeah, he's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. But Maybe. he's up there with a Gordon Willis for me. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and Vilma Zygmunt and, and people like that. And Roger Stavak. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. And uh, and yeah, who shot um, uh, Dazzler's Revenge? Dazzler's Revenge. <laughs> Between seasons. It's unbelievable what That's a giant incredible. he was. It's true. Right? It's very, very true. That was a good poster, gonna, by the way. Dazzler's. Dazzler's Revenge, man. Remember to da- was it? What's the tagline? Remember to Dazzler? I'll, I'll share it with everybody. I posted, I made a fake movie poster and posted put it, it on my- Just put it on our Discord. Yeah, under I will general. put it on Discord. Under general. Yeah. But I like I will shut myself up now because I will literally talk about this for three hours. Please. What did you guys think of True Grit? I mean, to me, there's it. several. I love it. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I love that film because I'm a huge um, fan of uh, uh, Jeff Bridges. Mm. Like huge. Since one of our favorites and your favorite. Uh, Thunderbolt. Uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Yeah. yeah. So he can't do any wrong in my eyes. And yeah. I loved it. I love the dialogue. It's so snappy. Uh and and the lighting is so gray. Mm-hmm. And it's but very it's very yeah, very overcast. Overcast yes. like reminds me of growing up in Connecticut in the winter. You know, <laughs> it it really it really was and I like that. Cuz usually there's always this, you know, John Ford Monument Valley stuff. Sure. Uh, but there was the heroics were gone in the environment and, um, it really kind of was, it was like that. I'm trying to think of where else, you know, um, it's also, let's be honest, like even like paper moon had scarce, it was like real, like the trees and little tiny trees, forests. It's just was like, it's just nothing, um, romanticized about the environments. They're very, uh, dull in a way but real Mm -hmm. and um i gotta say when they were on the trail and they said let's just wait for whoever's following us to come and it's this guy with the bear the bear the bear thing was weird but here's the thing (laughs) to me honestly that was Jim Jarmusch. The way yeah, he just it's held totally on dead that man. opening. Totally dead, dead man. man. I was going to yeah. say it had a dead yeah. man it's feel just, to it. They held on that yeah. opening. We're waiting. We're waiting. Oh, here comes a horse. No, it's actually a guy with a bear hat. And then he looked like the guy that toured with Cooper, the magician. Yeah. Um, he looks like uh, fucking, what's his name from um, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, you know, with the yeah. with the walleye. What's his name? You know, with the with the fly he crawling in and out of there. He also looked like the guy from... Um, Raising Arizona catches the fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. what was it? The, the guy that the he was a boxer. Was his, name? his nose was beat up. The apocalypse. Yeah. The, the, the rider. The rider. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, you exactly. Get, you listen to me. Where'd he go? 
<laughs> Unpainted furniture. He's like, well, you ain't going to come in my... Where, where'd he go? <laughs> Lone biker of the apocalypse. Thank you, Cedar. So that was his name. Oh, it, it, sir, it says <laughs> here your name is uh, is not Huffines. Would you buy anything from Unpainted Huffines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy I'm thinking about is Jack Elam. Jack, Jack Elam. Is Elam. Yeah, Jack Elam. He's all. Uh, he's the doctor in quote doctor in Cannonball Run. <laughs> like it's that kind of vibe. Okay. But yeah, like that. That that's a uh, that. I'm I'm still like I think that that sequence is is genius and I still don't I think totally understand it like I I, I wouldn't take it out of the movie at all but I'm just like this is but one of the no, that's, most beautiful bits in the yeah, film yeah but that's the but here's the deal I feel that's like a Fellini esque moment mm-hmm. to, that is like a MacGuffin it just throws you off and it puts a comedic dark element and a strangeness and the same way with like. Um, Broadway Danny Rose, where they end up outside the diner. And he's like, I'm in North Vietnam. And then they run into the <laughs> guy right. who's in the Gillette commercial. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's like a MacGuffin that leads you down exactly. this what? But it shows exactly. the absurdity of life in a way. It's But that was exactly, but it was shot like a Jarmouche film or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. We think it's just the way that that guy speaks, man. He's just like. Yeah, uh, but the way, the timing, they were mm-hmm. kind of waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting. And then high up. Real high up to get the body and down. Yeah, it was just cutting down the yeah. dead body. Yeah, the hanged man. Like, and, I mean, and yeah, when, when she's like, when she's like, saw, like, sawing and sawing and sawing, like, you know, like, we should cut this guy down because I might know him and blah, blah, blah. And the body falls down and he just walks over and goes, I do not know this man. <laughs> I love Ten that because, cutting. And the body hit the ground. Just like in Ozark in the first in yeah, the pilot, opening episode, where the yeah, guy is thrown out the window. Flop. I can't even stop laughing from that scene because it's the, so, the it way so the, high. It is yeah, so it, high. The body so hits the ground. It was great CG. This is like so thump. It's so like, good. oh. Yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, that, that sequence is great because, like, it should, first of all, it shows how daring Maddie is. Like, she climbs all the way up the goddamn tree and it's like sawing this guy down off there. It has the, the hanged man symbol over the entire thing. So, like, it creates a sense of doom. But then, like, <laughs> this fucking bear dude shows up and he's just like, I do not think that you should be. <laughs> You're like, he talks like he's a fucking weird drunk robot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it ushers an entirely new tone and sense of danger to that movie. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. But I could watch any, any of the little scenes with any of these side characters, like the two little kids that are torturing the pony. And yet, like, Jeff Bridges just kicks one out of the fucking, like, just boom! <laughs> it's like, I hate this little fucking asshole kick. You know, like, or the two guys that he, that they smoke out of the house. Oh, uh, right. Which is one of my favorite scenes. You know? And, and just like, oh, we have not seen the, we have not seen the Ned Pepper at all. He has not been here. Like, why are you cooking this enormous pot of beans then? Is that no, just for two of beans. you? It was called a mush or um, yeah, something else. It was another weird little bit of lingo. Yeah. Right. It wasn't mush. It was, uh, like soft, soft, yeah, yeah. soft key, soft key. That's what it's soft key. And like, and like the guys, one guy's trying to cover for him and all this stuff. And he's just, I will not be silent. And the dude chops the guy's fingers off. Like it's such a brilliant scene because you're feeling like this is, I mean, essentially it's a YA film. It's a, it's like, it's a film. It's a kid. It's not a kid's film, but it's a kid film for kids that are growing up. Right. And to have something so hilariously shocking in that scene is like the daring thing that I want filmmakers to do more of. There was, you could see 
how you go with this thing, right? And then it leads to eventually talking about uh, uh, Buster Scruggs, right? So yeah. there's a lot yeah. of yeah. there's sure. a lot of like because it's got so many little interstitial scenes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Buster Scruggs. Like I can see like like the the the, the guy with no arms and no legs, the singing, you know, like <laughs> totally there's is. a little bit of that in <laughs> yeah, here. Start, you can, like if they spent any more time out in the wilderness, they would totally meet Liam Neeson and that right, guy. Liam Neeson and the circus <laughs> thing, right? And then and then the, like you know the and then obviously the the the, the bear guy mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, but also know, the, the nervous the guy liner. who's exchanging all the ponies and stuff. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So that whole scene is just a masterpiece. And then like, he comes. She comes back. I'm so nervous. Oh man. I admire really your great. sand. <laughs> like, like talk. She talks this professional not only into giving her like not only giving her money back, but gets a free horse. Like, I just oh, yeah. like get her the fuck out of my office. <laughs> She's gonna rob me blind. <laughs> she is smart. Oh, God, so it's smart! It's so. I will bring back a red, a red Ripplevin. What? A red Ripplevin? She's like, stop! Get out! Take the money! Take the horse! Take the money! Take the fucking horse! You're a witch! Get out! <laughs> yeah, like, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. How, how old was she when she made this film? I must. I don't know. I don't know. But it, she is. She is Very shockingly, mature. shockingly good. Yeah. And, uh, and she, like, she just commands every single scene that she's in. And then, like, and she develops, like, uh, like real connections with, uh, each of them, both, um, uh, Damon and, uh, 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 Bridges that feel like, uh, like different, like different, but real relationships that explore different things, sure. you know? And so, like, like, and each together, like, Damon and, um, and Bridges may hate each other and, like, get into contests over who can shoot what and all this kind of stuff. Sure. But when she is talking with one of them about the other, they, like, they can see how great that person is. Like, it's, and, and uh, it's just like, it gets me choked up to talk about how brilliantly written her character is. It's just, just incredible. incredible. Yeah. That's one of the, like, I, like, I think it's one of their best movies. I think it's like top three best movies for them. Uh, and I think it might be just their best written movie. Yes. Like, it's just absolutely flawless. I, I don't know. I, I think that picking up your favorite Coen brothers. It's virtually impossible. They're virtually but impossible. It's very smart and tight yeah. dialogue. Yeah. She yeah. was cast at the age of 13. So Jesus she probably Christ. is 14, 15. So she was I wonder probably how many that people, age. Yeah. I wonder how many people they went through, how many auditions they had to go through before they, before she walked in the door. Is that Sarah that Silverman, that? right? Was up for it. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to see Sarah Silverman is, is <laughs> Sarah Silverman down. is the uh, what's his name uh, the guy who never ages. Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Dorian Gray. She's the uh, she's, no. Uh, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of uh, who's the comedian. He's oh god. He's I in, always in thought of her as like Wild Eli American Roth Summer. with breasts. <laughs> That's how I think about Eli Roth. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sarah Silverman never ages. She yeah. looks the same. She looks yeah, the same. Yeah, she's yeah, very pretty. Yeah, it's very true. And she's Agreed. like Agreed. 55 now when she looks. That's she's pretty like, amazing. Yeah. It's pretty but she, yeah, she's very pretty. Very beautiful. I've always, you know, younger. And she's aged well. Uh, uh, Jason says, I don't know if the trivia is right, but 15,000 auditions. 
Like, I'm sure they did. They weren't what? there for every. I'm sure. Like, that's actually plausible in terms of like they didn't watch every tape, but I'm sure they got fifteen thousand applicants and they had to. And somebody had to review these things. Oh, they was probably, this her first film? Was it? That's her first film. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I think that like likely they they probably you know went you know pretty far along the road of casting with maybe like. 12 or 13 people and then she shows up that would be my bet because like she like she doesn't she doesn't show up first and i bet they had to disappoint somebody who almost got the role because she's a hundred times better than whoever that was like she showed up late and then they had to make the call of like i'm sorry so and so we found the most perfect actor in the world yeah but it's just uh it's such a uh, such a rarity to find somebody like this. It really is only like once every 20 years. You don't years always guarantee it because like Jason said that the young Anakin Skywalker was about 3,000 auditions. No, man, they should have gone for 15. They should have kept going. <laughs> <laughs> that poor dude. I feel bad. Whatever happened to him? Nothing. No, nothing. He, yeah, nothing happened to that guy. Because yeah. I'll, I'll go to bat for the guy who, for what's his face who plays uh, older Anakin. I think he's like, he's yeah. actually, he's a good actor in a couple of movies. Has, I can't remember anybody from. Because it's just, it's all crap to me, but still. Yeah. No, Hayden Christensen. He's like, I've seen him be good in other stuff, but man, he, it's impossible. You know, it's interesting. Like, work. for example, like in the, in the, in the Spider-Man films, I thought James Franco was terrible. Yes. But and he then, can be a great actor. And, but he's, a, and I was like, oh no, he's not a terrible, he's actually a really good actor. Yeah. He can be, he can be quite good. He can be quite good. Yeah, but he was so right, bad yeah. in. In he's Spider-Man. wrong for that movie. Like he's wrong for a, uh, you know, for, for a villain. villain. That's just a, yeah. yeah, that's a producer hooking up an actor friend. Yeah, basically. For great residuals. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Bad that, casting. That's, that's a, that's a, that's the girl moment right there. You know, <laughs> that's the Jason girl. Says, sadly, he was bullied and developed schizophrenia. Jake. Oh, Jake. Well, that's the, uh, that's the, um, a Phantom yeah. Menace kid. Really? Yeah. That's, that's brutal. I mean, like, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. He has schizophrenia. Like, yeah, like that that poor kid, man. It's like, like you get singled out to be the new face of Star Wars, and then that's the Star Wars film you're in, and then you get literally bullied into into uh, insanity from online community of Star Wars. Like they should all be deeply ashamed of themselves for how they treated that kid, because yeah. that like never like things like yeah, I mean. Kid actors can deliver shitty performances, but that's not the kid's fault. That's the no. fact that you cast them. <laughs> like it is your responsibility when you're dealing with kids, you know, uh, to to get them like get the right one and and direct them really well. And if you right. can't, and you're George Lucas, you should know better. Like this is like a really really big deal. Someone should have stepped in and said like, this kid is no, this kid is not going to be able to pulled away to the movie the movie's also pretty sloppy and you can already see how people are reacting to this step in and do something but on the other end of the you know spectrum you have Haley steinfeld which is like she's an absolute born miracle worker and then she doesn't really she does a few more other films but mainly she's like a singer you know she, she does is? She, yeah yeah she like she she got a singer a very successful singing career started and she's focused on that good for her if this is like she's been in like five or six other movies, but yeah, like this, and she's the voice. She's a voice acting in the Spider-Man animated movies. You know, she's terrific. But and that's all. Jason saying her. that uh, Spielberg should have directed the kids. It's true. Spielberg is very good at getting kids. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. But uh, 
But yeah, Henry, Henry not, Thomas not guaranteed. Yeah. 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 That's why I, I still liked uh, what's his name? Uh, what, what happened to the kid? The kid from uh, uh, Jerry Maguire. That was a pretty interesting. Kid. Yes. Oh, yeah. I saw a photo of him next to Tom Cruise. And he looks not older a real than photo. Tom Cruise. Oh, okay, no, good. It's yeah. not a real photo. It looks, <laughs> it looks it's someone, sa- someone stated that this is him as a kid, but oh, it's, it's he's it. actually the guy he's standing next to is the, is the director of. Uh, uh, Mission Impossible. Okay, right there you go. <laughs> yeah, who knows then? Who but knows? It, he does look like he could be the older version of the kid from. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And the I'm I am a fan of the, the director of Mission Impossible. Uh, I love the new Mission Impossible. By the way, if anyone Is likes it, it's it uh, it's very different than all the previous Mission Impossibles. Because um, I like those movies; they're pretty fun, but they're always a little bit too. I don't know if serious is the right word. But their their tone doesn't match their action very well. Like it's like super serious cyberpunk stuff, and then I'm just like, but it's also kind of goofball, and like these things don't fully weigh out. This movie is like watching North by Northwest, where you're just like they Mission they, Impossible is like watching North by Northwest. Absolutely true. That is the that is the goal that they're aiming at. The new one, okay. where it's like the the plot and the dialogue and everything are now like elevated to being something that matches the tone like this is just kind of like melodramatic fun then that works it's not trying to be fresh cool internet savvy shit it's like let's make an old school movie and make it fun and then they made a much better movie than the other movies they made in my opinion action was great lines are great characters are great Mm. and uh and and it's i think the reason why it underperformed there's a lot of reasons but it's more the movie that I want and less the movie than that franchise yeah, fans want. Yeah. I think that's just the way it works. But that like director, Macquarie, is actually quite good. Yeah. He also did the first Jack Reacher film, which is surprisingly good. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. That's my rant. Too much coffee today. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do want to quickly shout out, Caesar Salidius said uh, that in the dialogue for... Um, uh, true grit has a little bit of deadwoodishness. If you're fans of Deadwood, this is very true. I love Deadwood. Uh, and while we were talking about Rising Arizona, he called it the quote, one of the best quotes. Nobody sleeps naked in this house, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and we always appreciate a good Rising Arizona quote here. Yeah. I can't. I, you were saying this is your favorite, one of your favorite quotes. I can't pick a favorite Coen Brothers film. It's too hard because, like, between. It's like saying your favorite movie. That's like, yeah. well. Today, your, and pe- but the, do people still ask you that? What's your favorite movie? I heard you really like movies. What's sure, your favorite movie? sure. And it's like impossible to answer that. Question. I always, I always say it's like it's like quantum physics. Like I can give you the highest percentage uh, probability for what I will say is Alien, <laughs> but it will be different on any given day. I don't know. Sometimes it's unforgiven. Sometimes it's heat. Sometimes it's the conversation. Yeah, it depends on what I feel about stuff. Uh it, you, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the M word. Which one? Titanic. Miami Vice. Oh, yeah. No, actually, I was thinking about that today. I spent most of my drive home today from after our meeting thinking about that very fact because I watched Miami Vice two nights ago again. Sure. Uh, and it started to go, at what point do I call this one of my favorite movies of all time? Like this, this is a top slot movie for me. And I have to admit, I was like, I still feel a little bit of residual shame 
over this. Like, can I really call this my favorite movie of all time? I've watched it more than any other movie in the past three years. (laughs) Like, it might be time for me to grow up and admit this. It may just be the case. You know, critics be damned. (laughs) No one's criticizing you. (laughs) No, it's, uh, it it is, uh, even, even down deep in my soul, I'm just like, I can't say that. That's not appropriate. Dan, let go and love. (laughs) Miami Vice comes up every single show. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. It doesn't really come up. It hasn't come up in several. Or Titanic. in a while titanic is that we i have a feeling we we have to watch the thing to purge it from the you know constantly bring it up like and this is true also like we we did uh like uh thunderbolt and lightfoot right Mm, yes and 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 then after we watched it and we talked about it and we got a real eric didn't talk about it and then eric stopped talking about it a little bit more because he needed to get it out which is great steam yeah you didn't release the thing yeah you needed to 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 clear the pipes you know yeah and so, uh, but uh, and the same thing with Miami, with, with Miami Vice. We don't talk about it so much after we did. Well, I think it's a, it's a rite of passage, and I think I, I'm I'm ready to admit that that is in my rotation for favorite film of all time. Uh, that there's a there's probably not as high a percentage chance on any given day as say, uh, Alien or or uh, or Unforgiven, but it's in there, and that will be the response now and again and um, no one who listens to this podcast should be surprised by now about that only me that's true yes 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 uh okay and uh all right is there (laughs) what other things do you want to talk about in terms of this movie before we move on to the next movie well i would say that like uh, just building off of what eric had uh, said before and how we agree on the photography it made me think like there's something really lovely about it because it is shot in much the same way as the old true grit it pays respect to the stylings of the old true grit it just does it better like it's still it's still academy it's still like it goes like no we're not going to do anything showy but we're just going to do it perfectly. And I think that that's the overarching ethos of the movie. Like in terms of like, like what we're trying to do here isn't to uh, slam dunk it and get all the applause. It's just to they did get nominated for 10 Oscars and didn't win a single one. Yeah. Which I, which I think is yeah. sort of ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what it was up against, but I'm just like, I don't, uh, this is just one of those moments where I think like people slept on I me. Mean, it did very, very well. It's the movie that did best in the Cohen's career in terms of you know financials. Um, oh, really? But uh, yeah, it was a super, super huge hit for them. Mainly because like they make movies like Inside Lou and Davis, which don't make any money. Um, but I do feel that people uh, generally sort of went, "Oh, well, that's just their pop movie," and sort of throw it aside. I'm just like. Yeah, studio, because it's a remake, essentially, right. which it is. Right. But that they probably just were like, bah, he's just doing it for the cash or something. Yeah. But they yeah, actually exactly. put a lot of... There's so much... Film. There's more heart in this movie than almost anything else they've ever made. Like, I think that this is one of their... I think that Lewin Davis and this are the, the front runners for... If you want the emotional Coen Brothers experience, these are the champions... So yeah. call now at one eight hundred Cone Brothers if you want that emotional because <laughs> you just can't get it. Again, have, like, yeah. You can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, that's right. It's a very special operators thing. are standing by. <laughs> that's very true. But I think that that's that's the deal with this movie is like it's one of these things that's so perfectly fashioned that people kind of missed how good it is. 
Like it's just, it's, you just don't even feel it. It's just a, a perfectly executed movie. Um, I mean, you can look at like something like outlaw uh, rather uh, the uh, assassination of Jesse James, for instance, which is like, you can see both why people are blown away by it like us and you know why it didn't do well because it's really dark and strange and strangely structured and like there's all sorts of wonky I things. I think it's a hundred percent because it has a terrible title. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's one of my it's favorite hard, titles. But yeah, no as, in terms of see that movie, in terms of selling a movie, that's a terrible title. I think it's, it's a great uh, title. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that's not how you. Yeah, but like even when you when you can't even sell a movie with Brad Pitt, like you can't you and you can't even clear uh, clear your financials with Brad Pitt. You've done yeah. something wrong in terms of selling it. Not to yeah. mention, fucking Criterion still won't put that on. Why? Our list. I think that the owner of Criterion hates uh, that filmmaker. Who? I th- what? Uh, I think the owner of Criterion hates really? uh, Andrew Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. Who's friends with Nick Cave. Yeah. And has made some beautiful Nick Cave movies. Oh my God. Yeah. What's, what, what other movies is, and, oh no, he did, uh, he did, uh, Killing uh, Him Softly, uh, Blonde. Blonde, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- Chopper. Yeah. And, uh, and he's made a couple of documentaries with Nick Cave, which are, heartbreakers but incredibly beautiful yeah um one of my favorite all the music didn't he do all the music he did all the music yeah yeah i love and jesse james and jesse james yeah and uh but i mean like with with that movie it's just like jesse james too he's in jesse james that's right but i mean like with with that movie it's really clear as to why there's a fan base and why there is an anti-fan base with true grit i'm just like when i talk to someone just like well you know it's not as good as the old john wayne one i'm just like you're talking nonsense (laughs) <laughs> like that's a lie <laughs> like yeah. there's there's no way if you watch those things side by side and and, and and chose the other one that it would take you seriously like it's just not as it's not even good by wayne's standards because we have a we have a great wayne movie that we're going to be talking about where wayne's really good at it and yes. like yeah and this and this movie is the old true grit is very good but it's not top shelf wayne to me yeah, but perhaps we should talk about Top Shelf Wayne. We should talk about Top Shelf Wayne. In fact, we're about to transition to it. Uh, I am going to, I'm going to step out for a second uh, before we do this. Yeah, uh, I'm going to just quickly get a refill. Go ahead, then, you get a refill, and then I'll get a refill right after you. How's that sound, Eric? And you guys talk about. Um, we're going to talk sponsor. about our, our sponsor. <laughs> Uh, 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 Epson uh, business printers. Nice. <laughs> business printers with, with, uh, uh, two years of free sub, uh, subscription to ink. Yeah. And everyone's worried about inks. <laughs> they have a great ink, a replacement ink strategy. I, yes. Look, for only $25 a month, you get all the ink you ever need. Inks you want. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. So I, I really love their extremely faint gray. That's yep. my favorite. Well, that's that's interesting. You point that out. What if we just did started having sponsors, but we were really actually not sponsored by them, <laughs> like Epson printers, and like if you want the smooth textual quality of great paper and sharp printing, Epson, and we get these cease and desist letters. And we'll call our podcast "Cease and Desist," where we just do ads for, for companies that never hired us. <laughs> yeah, if they heard me talk about their printers, they would definitely send that. <laughs> they would definitely send that letter. <laughs> I wonder who would be a good who would be a good sponsor for Martini. Well, we we tried with uh, we tried to do La Colombe, right? La Colombe, yeah, yeah. They didn't take on that one. They didn't take on it. 
They didn't, they take didn't trust us. We're, uh, yeah. I tried to tweet at them. They didn't, they didn't listen to me. No. Um, do? We tried to do, but I mean, I wonder who would be a good one. Like Canopy. Canopy would love us. Canopy? Canopy. But Canopy, I don't, you can't advertise. They're government funded, so they're probably never going to do it. Yeah, they don't really want to talk about that. They'll pay pay us in Canopy tickets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Who else would be a good sponsor for for us? Uh, Projectors? No. Andrew Dominic. Andrew Dominic, yeah. Uh, different streaming services. Oh, you know, yeah, different streaming services. We could, do. but yeah, but then, but then it would be competitive because then we can't talk about movies that are on different streaming services, right? I think that Tarantino's podcast should advertise here because we are the same. Podcast. Heineken Zero is a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Heineken Double Zero. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yep. But yes, I think it'd be good to like for 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 yes, if we were if we were sponsored by. Uh, 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 Tarantino's podcast that would be really hilarious oh my god I think we should ask him I think we should do that hey can you sponsor our podcast like, and the thing is I, I am a podcast you can't yeah. sponsor them. Yeah, yeah sure I'm sure you can cross cross podcast podcasting it's fine yeah. I, I I actually love uh, I love that podcast I'm, uh, I'm in the middle I'm just about halfway through listening to their first season and yeah. uh, like they are big personalities for sure, so it's not for everybody. But... I think I think the best part of the whole thing is that they basically sound like like us. Yeah, it's really bizarre. <laughs> Have you guys? I know, just for people in the chat, it's like uh, or, or 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 listen, we're talking about uh, Tarantino and uh, what's his name Avery Roger Avery yeah. Roger Avery's podcast, co-writer of Pulp Fiction and producer of many of his films. Video Archives, I believe, yep. is the thing. Which and is where they met theme, the video store. Right. So they had they, they had a video store and so their theme is they go back to old VHS tapes mm-hmm. that they have and they read like the the, the the actual tape, like what is described the on the description on the, on the back of the box. And then the they go over the whole about. movie and it sounds like our podcast. Yeah, it's it's true. Like like uh, I think that even vocally there's a Even strong vocally, like, it's, yeah, one of our one of our listeners, Justin Denton, he says like you kind of sound like Roger Avery. A yeah, bit. it's pretty funny, man. When, when as soon as you said as soon as he said that or you passed that on, I was just like, oh, oh, damn, that's Didn't weird. Did he just get yeah. a film? He did. I just tweeted about Congratulations. it. Congratulations! Yeah. Uh, shouts out to uh, Justin Denton who was on uh, talking about uh, Bad Boy Bubby. Um, he just has a new movie that's coming out. Hang on for a second. It's called uh, Sin Eater. I think it's uh, Curse of the Sin. Yeah, Curse of the Sin Eater. So, uh, shouts out to Justin, man. I'm fucking psyched to see that movie. Yeah, because like, because I heard about that completely independent of uh, anything related. I just saw it in my movie newsfeed. I was like, oh, this sounds really good. And then I read the first two lines, and I was like, holy shit, Justin! <laughs> so I was really, really yeah. pumped. That was pretty great. Yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. I yeah, like nice fella, and uh, and he uh, he brought to us. If people go back and listen to the uh, episode, way Bad, back when, way back when, Bad Boy Bubby is one of the one most, of the hardest films I've ever had to watch. Yeah, that is really? that is the definition. Well, the opening, the opening the twenty opening minutes, twenty minutes is the definition of a hard watch. But uh, it is absolutely worth it, and it is ultimately a very uh, positive film. And, uh, if you want yep. to hear someone talk about that very enthusiastically, go and back you, and listen to the episode. You don't, it, it, you don't think it's going to be po- like with that hard a start, you it's think there's so no bleak. way, yeah. no way this is going to have a positive feeling to it. But, but instead uh, it really brings it's you not on that Betty journey. Blue. No, uh, no, it's not Betty blue. 
No, that's well, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be right back, guys. Yeah, you bet. Love the Betty Blue opening. D- Disney plus Bad Boy Bubby. That's what we need. I think that's uh, that's they need the Bad Boy Bubby verse. <laughs> I think that uh, I know. No, Disney is having some, and superheroes are having some real troubles. I, uh, yes, they are. Yeah, like they. Uh, there is a bigger our article in uh, uh, Variety um, uh, that breaks down the troubles that uh, Marvel and Disney are having. When, and what are the problems? Uh, literally everything. Like, <laughs> like it's shit. Uh, they have. They pumped out too much stuff to boost stock prices over streaming. That's uh, right. It created uh, massive audience disinterests. Yes. Uh, they uh, 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 are trying to appeal, well, it cast such a wide net that it appealed to nobody. That's right. Uh, and now they've reached the... Um, and yet the CEOs make a ton of money and they're all fucking idiots. Not yeah. in a bad... It's not a negative. Not, not pejoratively. We don't mean that. No, no. I'm not trying way. to be negative. But. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, the uh, the the ship has sailed on that situation where people on uh, former fans are back, open to I'm talking. I'm going to promote something. I have this idea. I'm very very excited. I came up with. Yes. What's the, what's your idea? Okay, I thought the yesterday when I had some clarity, I was um, in my oxygen chamber, and I had some clarity that what if we just said, guys. We love the 70s so much that we are going to start in January of 1970, and every week we each have to watch five movies from 1970. (laughs) And then we talk about it. And so Dan will talk about one out of, he'll pick one out of four, five, and I'll pick one out of five. And we talk about it and we only stay in the seventies until the industry changes. Oh man. It's sort of holding people hostage, but I think it's too fascinating that we'd want, we just want to stay there. I'd want to stay there. Like Like, if we, if you know, like just all start to watch every movie. Now seventies, are we talking seventies, just American seventies or seventies? American seventies since we're American. It's it's still, I mean, that's still the richest possible field to be. That's right. So if we just did seventies, and we just focused only on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then by the end of it, we'll be like, this is why we love it so much. We kind of know, but, and then hopefully people catch on. Well, I think that there have been some uh, glimpses of light uh, uh, towards the, because I think that you have movies that are doing uh, very, very well that are uh, not fully outside the studio system, but are starting to peak at being outside the studio system. And some, like one, for instance, Taylor Swift, her project completely outside the studio system. Um, it's just a brilliant business person. Oh, incredible. One of the all-time greats. One of the all-time greats. Um, and uh, <clears throat> But also you have uh, that the new movie that I was talking about before called Talk to Me. Um, is Saw made- that. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, I, it's, it's a good, it's a great premise. That mm-hmm. pregnant pause is Chris not liking a movie. No, no, no. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's a great premise. I, I, I mean, I didn't think it was fantastic, but I think the the idea of what it is and how they did it was really great. And the mm-hmm. fact that it comes from people that I don't really know about, but they're all pretty YouTubers. Well, they're YouTubers, right? Yeah. This is what I was going to bring up. Yeah, like, and, this is and, like a big and they're and they're uh, they're Australian, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it had a it had a. a 
I, what I liked about it is it had a little bit of a funk, non-Hollywood, very non-Hollywood. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like I, I was, uh, I was a bigger fan of it than you, but yeah, I think we agree that it's just like, it has a, it has a particular fresh flavor to it sure. that is going to be, whether you like the movie overall, I think people will still be like, it, that feels like something like new and snappy in a dead well, genre. What I appreciated about it is that it was, uh, you know, as it's a horror film, it wasn't like a, a, a boring horror film where it's just going to shock you or whatever. Right? right. They actually are trying to tell a story. Right. With, char- a, with real characters with, that with you get invested in. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, I, I tried to watch, everyone was telling me about how uh, evil dead rise uh, was really mm-hmm. great. And I still have not been able to make it past the first 20 minutes. Not because like, I want to see the crazy gore and all the stuff that people are talking. I love that stuff, but mm-hmm. the characters were so grating and so unrealistic and an un, just like bitchy, unattractive jerks, all of them. Uh, and I was just like, why, why would I watch this? Mm. Like, I'm not going to care if any of these people are in danger and I'm going to be too irritated right. by the time I get to anything entertaining to be entertained. I, I thought the characters and especially considering these guys are YouTubers, the characters and the direction was good in, yeah. in, yeah. in talk to me because like the, 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 let's just put the, the assholes were believable assholes. Yeah, like, exactly. You know like, what I mean? They, they, they had, they're not depth. just assholes yeah. for being assholes. They're yeah. like, yeah, they're just teenage assholes. Yeah. <laughs> like this, these are very realistic teenage jerks. And yeah. like the, the central character is very likable, but very flawed, you yes. know, in realistic ways. And, yeah. uh, and the movie is largely about her, uh, trying to face the, her, her flaws. Uh, well, also regret and reg- yeah, exactly. Like the and, and yeah, like the 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 things that she does wrong because of her pain, you know, and the bad mm-hmm. choices she makes due to these things, and uh, and like it, it, they they stay focused on that. So when you get to the scary bits, the shocking bits, like you're invested, and like that's all I fucking want from a movie. Like to feel invested. Yeah. I just want to care about what is happening. <laughs> so interesting. So I, Eric brought up his idea for what we could do in a show. I like the seventies thing. Caesar brought up a really good idea. Do you want to, he put it on the chat here. He says, I would love an occasional episode that is about one, uh, uh, an open topic or focusing on mechanical stuff, like a show just on oneers. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a really great idea. That's, sure. I love this idea. Yeah. No, we could definitely. Oh, you love his idea, but not my idea. I, I like both of I didn't, I didn't oh, comment on yours. So we don't know if I hate it. always about you. Always it's about not, you, Eric. It's not about me, but it, let's just make it about the talk. The yeah. guy that says talk. I yeah. said, I liked your idea about the seventies. I started saying that and then you immediately say, I'm oh, you don't like my sassy. idea. I'm being sassy, but this is it. if <laughs> we just watch every movie, it's probably like 5,000 films. I, I do like along those lines, what I, I was thinking, um, well, like, okay. We, <laughs> He's like wonder from the seventies. Yes. There he is. There we can all get along now. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think that, uh, we could, um, bring it like if, if we were to bring, uh, as recommendations, movies to the table that the others have not seen just as part of the show, I think that would be very good. Like, cause I think that, uh, with the, some of our most successful episodes are when, uh, one or two of us haven't seen like, the movie. Like we, yeah, <laughs> we've never talked about Charles de Gaulle's movies. We've oh my never. God, de Gaulle. Exactly. Exactly. And there's so much to say there. There's so much to yeah. say. 
So uh, this uh, this is a good segue because uh, I was you know uh, Dan and I spent the morning together doing our, our, a couple of things and we were at breakfast or late late breakfast early lunch uh, and I he said brunch? I said I have to go watch the searches because I haven't done it yet and he said have you seen it and I said I don't remember if I've seen it or not because I used to watch a lot of westerns as a kid sure. and I had a feeling it was like this is a big movie. And I'm sure I'll watch and goes, Oh, right. I remember this film. So I was just kind of waiting for that moment, but it never happened. I realized I've never seen this movie. Wow. Wow. That's pretty, that's remarkable. This is a, and I know it's a big one. It's a big one. This is a big one. I assume they watched it, but Mm -hmm. I never did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a great rarity. It is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, I have feelings. <laughs> I'm interested. About this movie. I'm interested. This is an interesting movie to me. Yeah. Like, so I, it is, first of all, I gotta say the opening shot. Oh, it's is an all timer. Like, it's an all timer. Oh my God. Yeah. I've, like, I mean, this is, this is shot. you, if you did a shot like that today, you would be like the roses at your feet. Amazing. And they closed the same shot. Yeah, it is a perfect yeah, bit and of that ending. ending shot is probably one of the most tearjerker shots. It's great. It's legitimately <sighs> yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I like, love uh, that movie. I think like, Shane. No, that's yeah. a different movie. <laughs> and Shane, Shane, <laughs> Shane. By the way, another great western that is not very well shot. Like that is not a very well no. shot movie. Whereas The Searchers is, is one of the best uh, of its period, and it has at least three of the greatest shots of all time. Now it's really interesting also seeing this because. You know, even though they did a really good job in the edit, you the the jump from exterior to studio is yes. beautiful though. Yeah, I love light, particularly yeah. the winter shot. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You overlook that because it's so beautiful. Well, and I wouldn't get rid of it. I love, I love even the, when the snow is falling on them. Yeah, when yeah, they're in the woods, and the trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love and, it. Uh, it's really everyone, well done. Yeah, yeah there's it's, a. Um, I am not, I'm like, I don't care when things look like sets. I'd want them to look beautiful. And this thing, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, you can tell it's a set, but it's still fucking gorgeous. The one where they're walking through the water. Yeah. That one yeah. is like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like, but like, there, there's like, there's so many wonderful. The paintings are gorgeous. Yeah. It's incredible work. Incredible work. And uh, actually, a lot of them are just shot right there, too. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, they were, the they were, but there were some were obviously what's a matte, pa- not obviously, but you can tell it's the, the lighting like on them is the studio lighting yep. and it's a matte painting, but it's so, such a good matte painting that it blends perfectly yeah. with real life, which is amazing because it, it's a painting. Back then yeah. they painted things. They didn't have yeah. a giant projector. Ellen yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shaw. Yeah, exactly. And I think, cause I actually really like, um, you know, as a matte painter myself, like it's, it's become, uh, the style of, photorealism is the di- dominant style. Right. Um, but uh, my favorite matte paintings of all time are often very painty looking. Like, yes, like they're, they're not photographic, Hitchcock. They're beautiful. Yeah. Hitchcock, et cetera. I mean like that where I'm just like, that just looks great. It just looks, it doesn't have to look real. It looks beautiful. Right. Uh, and I think that obviously we're in a different, Different space in film uh, than than that, but I I can imagine that coming back because I do believe that people are less invested today in production value and uh and doing things that are a little bit fucking weird and janky like uh, everything everywhere all at once like where you just go yeah I mean it's janky but it's amazing uh well, like it's the, it's the artistic I, invention that's uh, I more think it is also goes back to using the tool set you know mm-hmm. and it's not like um 
there's something about like everything everywhere is literally brilliant guys just using the tools they know yeah, and making get, it work. Yeah. Right. And that's a different mindset because, um, you know, John Ford shooting, it was like a family and a caravan and they go out there yeah. and, um, I don't know. I think because everybody knows these tools now and it's so easy, you get that, uh, you get that look. But the John Ford stuff, they, I love those soundstage colors. Yeah. The blues. I've the oranges always, and, in particular. And the like day really for bloody nights, oranges. Yeah. The day for nights just, I find I love, magical. I love day for night in this movie. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. This has some of my favorite day for night. It's transfixing. I saw, in New York, which is a city on the East Coast, New York City. Oh, I heard of Dan, it. Yeah. And um, I saw when they gave a clean print of this, it was um, it was the in Queens, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, I went to go see this in the theater. It was a brand new print that cleaned print or Lincoln Center or somewhere. And I was like. I had seen it before, but it was mind blowing because it was huge. Oh, screen. sure, yeah, it's and real it was Vista like the Vista picture, Vision. Right? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like this, like my, I know that in particular, like you're a giant fan of this movie, right, Eric? This is like yes. this is very, very high. And Bogdanovich's writing, I have books on it. Like yeah. I really do love this film. Right. And I don't know why I do. Yeah. But I do. But it really gets you. And I know that a number of uh, filmmakers of our generation, a lot of Gen X filmmakers, like this is a core bit of film for them like jim jarmusch and for even older than this like paul schrader like paul schrader's tried to remake remake this movie like a million times like even taxi drivers essentially the searchers you know like um and like it, it has a, a massive effect on uh all sorts of storytelling after it comes out and there's the imagery all over the place not to mention like fucking straight up star wars like luke going home and finding his his uh, uncle not burnt to the ground. That, Get that's out of here. the fucking searchers. That's the searchers. <laughs> like, yeah, like all this stuff. And so, like, there's a, there's so many key moments in this thing. That being said, I came very late to this movie. I didn't see this when I was young. I saw this when I was much older. And so, I have I've I've always been more of like in film appreciation mode than being completely swept up. And I've never seen it in the theater. So, like, my feelings about it are strong and positive, but they're a little bit more uh, film intellectual level up until this last viewing. And this time I watched it, I was like, I really fucking love this movie. Like, this is the first time I watched it where I was like, I'm totally into this movie now. There's a strange quality about it, too, where he infuses this kind of wedding humor, Mm -hmm. not only on just in the wedding scenes, but this kind of like uh, with John Wayne's son who comes in with the uniform. Yeah, and, right, and, right. And uh, there is this kind of what he remembers John Ford as a kid because I think he had like nine brothers and sisters. Yeah, right. And so he – it's that type of infusing of like the family unit mm-hmm. and reaching prosperity and sticking together Yeah, and that kind of communal thing – and that also includes comedy. Absolutely. They, well, I mean, and, the, yeah, the, the lightheartedness in the movie off. represents the, the goodness. Yeah, right. Yeah, the goodness of the family value. And yeah. it's really going back to because he, you know, came from nothing. And I think he's from Boston. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And uh, so, but I, there's so much beauty in the film. And yes, it is a long time ago. And yes, 
those values change. But when you oh, no, see, they're trying to bring those values back. But hold on, Chris, this is not a political thing. There's that family value, which, which John Ford talks about. And, you know, I just finished blitzing through um, the blue zone the other night. I don't know if you guys have seen that on Netflix. The blue zone. It's about, no, it's all about centenarians. Oh, interesting. And in the world, there's only like six zones where people are a huge majority of the people in the world are over a hundred. And this guy goes in and basically spent 20 years analyzing it. One's in Loma Linda, one's in Okinawa, uh, Sardinia. And it's that communal bit. Right. Well, I wanted just to. And he talks about that. And that's why he did that journey. Right. It wasn't just because he was an angry, and you could say there's an ugly dark side to him. But that's in the face of, you know, in protecting the honor of family in some right. ways, well, which to, is so just much like, about America, too, at that time. But there's more to it than that. And Well, um, I think to, to build off what you're saying is like, because uh, I know that like the uh, and I, I agree with what the intent here is like when you said that uh, this is a different time, you know, people like these are values and values change. Like, I actually don't think these values change. Like these values absolutely stay the same. What they are attached to changes for people. And like what you consider your family changes, you know, and how like, well, like for instance, like this is no different than like you could remap this entire movie to fit any other, uh, social culture at all, and still well, it, would, it would be pinned around the idea. Look what we're going through today, right? Well, I mean, still, no matter what, it would be pinned around the idea because you, know, you you talk about uh, like uh, say Gen Zers and stuff like this. Uh, like they want to see more movies about um, uh, friendship and interconnection, um, which is family to them. This is what this means, right? Um, and that's what this represents. Right. Like back then it was framed as literal nuclear family. Yeah. And now it is framed in a slightly different way, but it's still exactly the same things that all people want. By the way, the next searchers or somebody is going to be um, Israeli and and Palestinian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could easily, right? easily make that. Easily. easily it easily, transfers easily to that. that. Right. And it doesn't change. I'm watching right. this and all the horrific things done. Um yeah, I'm there, pro, there, there are things. I am pro there, Israel. I know everybody probably thinks differently, but I am pro Israel. There, there are things. There are things that people greatly fear. People that people greatly fear. There are situations people greatly fear, and there are things that people love and want to remain stable and want to be true to, which are the things that are what they consider their family, whether it's literal family or not. And these are the things that will always be resonant to people. Right. And that's why when I watch the searches again, I'm just like, yeah, in the sort of the fifties sensibility. This is not my zone uh, for the, when the movie was made. But certainly I agree in the non-Republican version of this. You know, like these are real feelings that people actually have, whether they are left wing or right wing or whatever. Like they have units yeah, that they I care about. Yeah, but I think if it was to true Republican coming from a family of – my family was – well, they are my parents' side. Republican. Mm-hmm. I don't think John Ford would have shown the ugliness of what John Wayne was doing, killing the Comanche and oh, the yeah. way he felt, if it was a true Republican, because they would have just glossed over that. Well, th- this is what I was going to bring up, is this movie is absolutely fascinating to me because it, of what it's tackling is so against... Deep. It's so... Because uh, there are many versions of this movie prior to this movie that do not 
recognize the humanity in anyone outside of the white settlers. That's right. <laughs> like, and this movie is very much about, uh, this there is person ugliness to John Wayne. That absolutely. I don't even know that John no, Wayne knows. It's never, no, this is the, this never is the beauty of the, before. beauty of the, the movie beauty of it. is that that like the lead character here is, is heroic in a way you believe in and is openly racist in the very, film. Very, very racist. Openly racist. And he knows it and he is mad that he can't not feel this way. Like it's an extremely complex problem in the film. But I don't think, I think John Wayne was that guy. Oh, without a doubt. And so I think it's really fascinating that he chose I, to do this movie. I don't know if John Wayne is completely that guy. Well, he was, he was cuckoo, but I don't think he was this deep thinker that you guys all think. I don't think he was. I think he that, was literally just think like, you I know, do wonder whether or he not. He was a jock. Yeah. He was, like, I wonder uh, how, Cybert. I wonder how richly he thought about Sorry. what, what this movie was saying. Because the movie is is saying something. No, that he is, listened to John Ford. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He just the movie listened is saying to John something Ford. much deeper and much more relevant. Here's a beautiful than anything cool that, image that I'm made. sending you guys. That not long after this movie was made, mm-hmm. and it's on Reddit, and it's the most. It's in chat on Twitch. Oh yeah, interesting. Look at this. Yeah. Have you seen that before? No. Explain it to the listeners, Eric. It is a picture yeah, of John people, Wayne. You know, this is a podcast. Most people listen to it. That's right. It's a picture of John Wayne eating, visiting a military base, and in the doorway is Lee Harvey Oswald. That's wild. Wow. That's weird. That's weird. And it's it not, you know, that's probably 1958. He did Searchers in 56. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that is, to me, I remember seeing this years ago. Like, that is like an opera, right? Mm-hmm. And I also feel like the opera of Jim Morrison and his father would make a great opera. Nope, for sure. Because his father was, um, Admiral Morrison was in charge of the Navy off the coast of Vietnam. That's wild. During dude. the Tet Offensive. So these, these are the, the things that the come Bay up. The Bay of Tonkin. Uh, yeah. What was it? The Bay of Tonkin? The Gulf of Tonkin incident. The yes, Gulf of Tonkin famous. incident. He yeah. was the commanding admiral. Jeez, while that's his complex. son is singing. That's complex. Right? Yeah. And that itself is a movie because this, there's these contrasts of the American psyche This is the kind culture. of stuff, right? So like in the 50s, it starts in the middle of the 50s and it goes on through the 60s and into the 70s that this the searchers i don't want to say the searchers is responsible for this but it is certainly one of the earliest popular brave, brave. Like, like movies that are just like okay we have to really fucking start thinking about how the world is changing because the searchers is not about uh old timey times it's about right it, then it's just it's just if you look at it from today's lens it's very awkward Oh, for sure. But this is, this is what I want to say, right? Is that what I think is bullshit about today is that people would look at this and not see this. Yeah. No, no, right. no. I, exactly. I, I, uh, I could not agree with you guys more about right. this. But, look, like, this guys, movie is trying to face something and trying that's right. to process it. And I'll it. be honest. This is one of Marty Scorsese's favorite movies. Yeah. Because right. the, he shows the, they show the underlying 
person, but still wrapped in this family yes. values and valor yes. and the American experience. Right. And just like the mob, right? And, and we, it really we have a, validates. a great tight knit mob family. We take care right. of, we know drugs. We take care of our kids. Right. And I'm going to shoot you outside of Sparks restaurant on, in the, on sure. the Upper East Side. But like, you know? it, it makes it, it makes the, like, it doesn't just go like, oh, and here are the settlers and they are completely correct and the, the white people are nice and fine. Like the, the central character of the movie is someone who is, half native american and this is the guy who's partnered up with john wayne that's right right and he hates him and, and john hates wayne him. hates him because he's native american <laughs> like you're not part of the family he just keeps on saying it to him when the kid is proving himself to be a fucking hero over and over again over and like, over when not do only i get that, to be a part of the family the, the beautiful direction that i'm sure everybody you guys know um is that when you see all the scenes with Natalie Wood, mm-hmm. there are, you can just read it on her face. Like, do I go with them or just kind of yeah. hang out here? I kind of like it here. Yeah, she's she's it, wrestling she's with something. Yeah, wrestling. Which it, which automatically, regardless of the villainy of Scar, right? Like the the bad guy of the movie. Like she has lived a life that she values there. That's right. Right. It validates this entire experience. So who are you? Now, this goes to the Vietnam War. The mm-hmm. Vietnam War is, you know, not long after this. We yep. started, you know, sending in I mean, it's basically military started, advisors. It's heating like, up already at this point. Well, right? yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Well, we started sending advisors in, I think, 59, 60. Yeah, right. And then um, they started escalating Yeah, the that. French were already fucking around there and everything's going on. Y- yes. Yeah, right. And so for that, it's like... That is no different than Ukraine right now. Right. right. And um, it is, it's a very interesting, I think John Ford, that's why Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. I actually have a lot of books on Ford because there's something about him that really resounds, there's something about it that I can see that he is, there's so much layering to his work that you don't have to believe or um, subscribe to every thing. But the the fact that he sees it yeah. and shows it, he's like John Singer Sargent right. of, as a painter yeah. or, um, you know, Pontormo or some like great mannerist painter. Uh, I'm just talking about painters, but it's like where it's just like, fuck, there's so much there. Right. How well, did like you it, come up with that much? Right. And I subscribe to only a fraction of that, but oh my yeah, God. Like, like, I mean, we always say it on the show, but it's just like, I am completely unconcerned with like, if I disagree with someone, I want to hear, I want to hear what they are thinking about as an artist. Like I'm free to disagree, but I, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss them because I disagree with them. Like, like, yeah, there may be all sorts of stuff in John Ford's films, which I'd be like, I'm not on board with this, John. However, you're a very skilled artist and I want to hear what you have to say because this is your side of an argument, right? That's a powerful thing to do. That's what you should do. And then he goes and makes this movie where he's wrestling with his own understanding of what is happening in America. Like that's what the movie is about for him. And the crazy thing is, and I've seen this movie a lot, not as much as you Titanic, but I've seen it a lot. (laughs) I don't know what about the colors and the story and... Um, and I'm by no means right wing. I just the best. And I realized when watching this again for the umpteenth time, there was a moment where they were talking to uh, some sheriff or somebody 
And it's like, you're looking for your niece, and they kind of look, niece. And they were bumbling over who she really was. It's like they totally forgot, really, who they're looking for. Right. Like, right. he was like, John Wayne's like, niece, trying to remind him right. who we're looking for. Right. Right. But they were both not on the same page. At the same time, it's beyond just her. Right. It's just like, yeah, we have else to do this. To right. We right. have to do this to preserve this. And the crazy thing is, is that he does all of that commitment, half the time probably just living off of what his beliefs that he were told to hold on to were. Hmm. He walks away alone. Yeah. And everything else around him is dark and the door's closed on and him. And that's it. That's and it. that's it. Because I like, can't yeah, tell because, you like, how beautiful of a moment in the right. film. That I is agree. probably one of the greatest endings of a movie. That, and I'll be honest with you guys, that and when Kay sees Michael mm-hmm. and they kiss yeah. his hand and, and the, the door, door closes, yeah, exactly. that's the same fucking shot. Yeah, they yeah. took, that's a John Ford that's moment. That's a John, John Ford shot. That's for a sure. John Ford yeah. moment. And yeah. she's like, and you don't have to show Kay's reaction. You are shut out. You yeah. are shut, and you're yeah. like, oh my God. Thanks for your, thanks this for your movie, help. This movie, I know in 1956 or 57 when this came out, people walked out and they probably went to dinner or went to see a movie and then went to dinner or vice versa. They were as split and opinionated about this sure. as then when people left Goodfellas in 1990. Sure, sure. Because they were like, yeah, but they, they have family values. Yeah, but they're killers, but they're protecting their family. Yeah. Yeah, you know and what I mean. Like they, and, and it's all of this, that like, balance of right. underlying violence and protection and holding on to values, which maybe half the time you don't even fucking know. Yeah. Don't do drugs. Don't sell yeah, sure. drugs. Right. Why? It brings a lot of money. Don't do drugs. That's what the higher ups say. Right. Well, what higher ups? And and it's like <laughs> right. you, you know that's the way Servino would tell Henry Hill, right? Right. I want no drugs. It's like why? It brings money. Yeah. It's like right. we have family values. Meanwhile, they're like assassinating people yeah. and on a flip of switch and it's like narcotics is a dirty business i wish you well it's the godfather <laughs> you know like this is all the same thing you know so like that, what's but the that's, quote that you always give me michael you don't talk to a yeah yeah, yeah. you don't talk to a man like mo green like that <laughs> <laughs> that's the best but yeah so like the so i think we're all on the same page in, in terms of that where it's like this movie is really trying to confront something real in a way uh, and maybe this leads into what you feel about it, Chris, in a way that I feel that movies today are not like they are not courageous brave. in this way. I think they brave. would be interesting to remake this film. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But it would never be, it never would be allowed. It has to be Israeli yeah. and, and, and Palestinian. It's, it's certainly a good example, but there's oh, like, they, there's, they would pl- never there's plenty do that. of they would never do that. It is such a hot button. Well, the, yeah. You have natural sets right now. of like all the destruction. You yeah. could probably yeah, shoot true. have great going, luck. Medium you cool would open. half the crew would die, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, like this is like any any deep divide moment uh for any group. Because I mean like America is obviously radically divided again right now. Like this is the same kind of transition we were going through in starting in the fifties, going through into the seventies, like throughout the entire sixties. And having that massive up- upheaval and social change where people really want to take sides against each other, right? Yep. For a movie like this to come out from someone like John Ford, starring someone like John Wayne, and say something that it does, I don't, I can't think of an example of anything like that today. Still pretty 
anti Native American. Well, yeah, given you have to see it certainly in the context is, of, the, of the time, time and other westerns. Do you, do you stop but seeing something because it's no, you know, that, no, no, that no, no, it, no, 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 right. no, 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 that it does it at all is breaking brand new ground for westerns. Sure, right, and that it and it doesn't do it in a sort of like a um like in a in a half-assed or condescending way. It does it in this extremely respectful grudgingly respectful grudgingly respectful way that even the bad guy is defined as a person who has gone through things that would make you want to kill the white people like they when he when he tells the story you're like okay i see where you're coming from like like all of this stuff like the respect given to all their their community the respect given to like their family the respect via natalie wood wanting to stay with them like she hasn't like it's only John Wayne who is saying all these terror and he's only and he, and he is even being specific about just one group like he's okay with all these other groups and he knows how just to about uh, he's against the Comanche he's against the Comanche so I don't you even know think he's against Comanche he's he just has, he has a job to do right. this is it and they've broke the bond or the world he that he understands yeah like, but he goes into these rages yes that's right like yeah. and and the thing is like you said like he does things like 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 he goes like when he shoots the eyes out of the dead guy everybody that's, on screen is like what the fuck did you, what are you doing like it's right. not like ah that's right show him John Wayne like the movie's like that was a bit much, dude. And right. everyone, and he's like, yeah, well, what are we doing here? Where you think we're fucking around? And you're like, uh, I, don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. This is weird. Like, this feels very weird. You know? And like, uh, like every time they come to the, any kind of confrontation, it's not just in any other Western. In fact, most of them that John Ford made, it's just like, these are alien monsters and the white people are good. Like, that's basically what the attitude is. This movie is such a massive leap forward in allowing them not just humanity in a pitying way, but in saying like, these are not just real people, but they are absolutely feeling the same things that we feel. We are simply opposed, you know, and, uh, and, and you're seeing it through the lens of John Wayne, but the movie reminds you that that is specifically his, uh, his point of view and the, the youngest generation of um uh of the uh the white settler cast wants to marry the half native american like that's like that scene is the future that scene is the positive future By that they're the going way, into there are two scenes that i've just i had a different perspective it's like the annoying you're annoying me as fuck. Annoying as fuck. He's the woman going, cuck, 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 cuck. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right, 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 and then yes. the other guy, like, skip to the loo, my darling, with a guitar. Oh, yeah. yeah like, you guys like, are being a complete moron to suddenly the seductive. assassinate this guy out yeah. into the desert right. and bury him. It was just like, oh, yeah. God, these people are so grating. But so, I, yeah. I, mean, I would with, with all sorts of caveats that, like, yes, this movie is made in the 50s, and you have to see it from the perspective of what the context of these but kinds of movies. But that kind of blah, song blah, stuff is definitely the studio pushing Within the context of the of that setting in that time period this movie is unbelievably groundbreaking in a way that we are cowardly to face today that's what i think yes it's actually th- so so many feelings about this because obviously like the the the, the racism of this is the the 
strong. <laughs> he, well, like specifically John Wayne. Specifically John Wayne. Yeah. yeah. His hatred. Yeah. yeah and look and at like, what just happened overseas. Oh, for sure. I don't, I, 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 Eric, by the way, Eric, like, Eric, I, I'm not, me, I, I just want to say I'm not going to talk about that at all on air, period. At all. Like, let's not talk about that literally at all. And I want to stop talking about but it right now. there's ugliness no, I'm, like, all around. I just, I just, stop, yeah. like, stop. We, can talk about, we can talk about it vaguely, but I can't talk about that. So the, but the, and sorry to steamroll and I just need to lay down my personal line on things I can't talk about online. That's one of them. Uh, so the, but this, but the, this is something that is true. Certainly all over the world in, you can say like in multiple, like Ukraine, et cetera, here there's divides, there's divides like this that are so sharp and everyone on both sides of whatever it is feels so archly that the other side is a cartoon villain. Like this is like Republicans and Democrats that it, we simply make things worse by treating them like a cartoon. And this movie goes, okay, the situation is terrible and it's not like John Wayne is wrong to be mad, but even he has to see that but these he's are a humans. Confederate soldier. And he's a Confederate soldier on yeah, top of that. He's kind of a fuck up. Right? Yeah, but it's still a Confederate and, soldier. Yeah. He still represents a divide in the country. A divide in the country. Yeah, exactly. That, that lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the bitterness. Yeah. Right. And I think that this actually goes back to our smoking the bandit episode, by the way, is like we used to think of Southerners as fellow Americans, like that we may disagree with. But we're all Americans together, and we do not think that at all anymore. Like you can see on the, like uh, John uh, John Oliver, the, like the thing on the scenes, just like like forty percent of Americans wish that the other side would just die. <laughs> like that's the solution. Is like, well, I hope the other side just dies. It's called a civil war. Yeah, exactly. Like because a new you, civil war. Yeah, you have failed to even see Americans as humans. Like you only want your kind of American, right? And, uh, and like that, this movie, like having a central character who is a racist grappling with the anger of his own racism yeah, but the, is fantastical to me in the fifties. Like for the fifties, yes, but it led to, you look at all the movies of the seventies where oh, seventies, like you this, love this anti-hero who absolutely. kills and, people actually confronting fucking issues. Like it, could themselves. it be the birth of the anti-hero in a way I, that's this is really I, yes, totally, a that's what I, mean uh, I, 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 it was very, like I said, it was very hard to sort of look at this and sort of like, I had to put a lens on that was very specific that you would have to frame this completely differently today if you're going to film this. Not that yes, absolutely they would ever do it. Yeah. But, but you could reconstruct to- this with a totally different setting. Like, and you could, the thing is you could make this movie in multiple Greenland. ways. Right. <laughs> like you could make this movie with the primary cast is all a bunch of uh, right wingers and the bad guys are the Democrats. And you could make a movie where the primary cast is all Democrats and the bad guys are the Trump supporters. Sure. Right. And, uh, in, you could make that movie exactly the same both ways. And everyone would say, well, they stand by values that I believe in because we all fucking believe in these values. Like right. we think we don't because we cartoonify the details of the other side, but we actually do. And that's what the fucking problem is. 
is we yeah, want but, to believe that we and don't. And he did as well when they're not remembering why they're actually there. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's our name. Because you fall, you it's fall, like, yeah, like you fall prey no, to No, 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 they're, they're on a mission. Like, yeah. even in the letters. They forgot like, their been, mission, the yeah. purpose of their for mission. For five yes. years, they were I out know. there looking for her. Yeah. Yeah, and they, and you're right because they're they're out there so long just doing and doing and doing. That's they right. Literally they're like, forget what the fuck that they're doing. They don't even know. They right. just like we just have to follow through. It's yeah. like, well, with what yeah. this mindlessness that you get into and in doing this thing, right? And I, and I think that that like that that you know like the movie is still you know it's a perfectly acceptable movie to all the people who were John Wayne fans back in that day, right? Absolutely. I don't true. Even, you have to be a fan of his to like yeah. that. But it's just like I think that, it's his best film. Oh yeah, like so far and I, beyond and stagecoach, yeah, stagecoach, stage, which is a tremendous action movie, incredible action movie. But like th- that's the that's the Court's thing. Time. It's like for yeah, like the like this is the kind of stuff where like if I see one more one sided bunch of claptrap, where it's just like, and that's why this, that's all we want. Herbie like, Love the, it's fucking maddening. Like yeah. why why even watch it? You already get it. It was very so so just. So just put it back up. It was very challenging because I started to see like, you know, oh God, here we go here. The native Americans are all terrible. Oh, by the way, they're played by white guys with blue eyes. Right. You know, all this problems, all the stuff from the, from that period problems of those, that that generation. So my video keeps freaking creating, but, uh, but as it started to go through it and go through it, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Like it's got some things. Yeah, things. It's, it's struggling with itself. That's the and, idea. And, and, and it's just like, even just from the very beginning, like when the guy shows up and is like, you look like you're a half breed. Like, oh yeah. my God. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really stone. And like, and people, people reacting to, uh, people reacting to John Wayne's racism negatively. John Wayne trying to come to terms with the fact that Someone he sees essentially as a non-human is his heroic partner who is becoming part of what he sees as Not his family. Not only that, like, but he is willing to kill his niece because she decides yeah, to stay with the exactly. freaking Indians. Right. Like, no, nope, she's this dead. This is brilliant, right? And so, like, the first time that she that he sees her and we she's like – We should actually explain the movie real okay. quick, real quick. Sure. Because – any Sorry, just, there's so much going on. Right. There's so much going on. So, basically, uh, uh, John Wasn't Wayne I is – supposed to do that? Yes, you were supposed to do <laughs> yes. that. But we've already gone an hour into it. But go ahead, Eric. So basically, it is a family out in the West. It's Monument Valley. John Wayne is kind of lives on his own in a way. He's kind of an outlaw in a way, very much like uh, uh, the same kind of lifestyle that what's his name lives in uh, True Grit. Mm-hmm. And basically, he comes back to visit his family, his nieces and nephews, his brother, and he's been traveling a lot. There's some interesting background to him that some know. His brother knows about him. And when he gets there, they uh, an incident happens where the steer are gone. They're taken, and they realize when the, all the men get on horses and go out to go after, well, how did the steer get out? It could have right. been the Comanches. They go out and realize that the steer are dead and prize-winning steer. And then they realize that, oh, it's a trick. And so they race back, but John Wayne doesn't race back. They all race back. He's like, ah, my horse is tired. Great scene, by the way. Yeah. And uh, they get back and they realize everybody was murdered and a young girl was taken. That is his niece. 
And if I, if I can just add the detail of like, like when they find, like when they find out what's like, what may be really going on, John Wayne instantly knows that the family might be killed. Like, and he just goes, there is nothing. I mean, he just, he, t- he takes this as an action. He goes, no, we have to fucking feed the horses and let them rest. Like, yeah. why I kill? know. Yeah. Like I'm just, like, it's useless to go after them right now. Like as much as I may want to, I have control over myself and though they may be being killed, there's nothing I can do about that until I get there these fucking horses here. They right. already ambushed us. Right. <laughs> it's already done. It's already done. Feed the right. fucking horses, you know? And so you yeah. get this, like this level of, um, of understanding and, uh, over understanding of his situation. Like he is like, he's just like, I see how it is and I'm going to act on that. Right. And that sets up his struggle in the movie, which is that the rest of the movie, he is seeing how it is and he has to act on that. And it's whether or not he has the, the courage in himself to change enough to not do the wrong thing that he wants to do. Like, and that's, and it's stuff like that. That one scene sets up how hardcore he is. And that's why when later on he threatens Natalie Wood, you're like, yeah, he's serious. He will fucking oh, but kill he her. He also just goes on a crazy, like he yells. Yeah, let's, okay. Now let's let uh, uh, Eric continue. Yeah, keep going, Eric. So basically what happens is that once they um, they get back, everybody was murdered. and Except the, the little girl. Is right? captured. Is captured. Five, five years old, six years old, whatever it is. Somewhere around. She's, Nine, uh, yes. she's supposed to be 10, I think. Mm. Yes. Right. She is taken and... It sets the story up where this is journey, where they go. Uh, it starts out with a larger band of men to search for her. Mm-hmm. And as they search for her, they realize that the other women that were taken were murdered. Uh, that would be their their wife or their mother. No, it was the and, older, the, the, well, the, 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 the aunt, the older all the sister. older people, all the older people were killed. But then there was the older. Two people were taken. Two older people were taken. Two girls. Yeah. One of the older girl was murdered. Right. Because John Wayne witnessed her, right, and that and just, was a pretty and, and just just in terms of great filmmaking, when John Wayne goes in and discovers the body of the mother, right, you don't see what's going on. His reaction in that scene is very powerful, and how he keeps the other guy out, punches him to keep him out from seeing his own. You don't want to see that, right? But when he uh, can't even talk about what happened to the sister, and he tries he not to tell them, her in a canyon. Like it is like, well, he good, it. yeah. yeah. Cause like when, when, when one of the two, um, uh, so, so just to, to, to set it up, he, there's a split, right. Mm-hmm. And he decides I'll go in there and I'll figure out what happened to see where they went. He goes in, he comes back and he is, and he looks up. distraught. Yeah. And he's in like, oh, you've no, never seen in the movie. I get, they went the other way yeah. and he looks completely distraught and yeah. they're like, what happened to your, uh, to your jacket? Like I, I must have lost it, yeah. And then they just walk away, and, and so and then the several scenes go by. Like yeah, he is shattered by whatever he, he several, saw. He's shattered, and several scenes go by, and he's like, he's like, I saw the girl. She's there. She's there. I saw her. And he's like, you didn't see her. I saw her. She's dead. And right. I saw her in the canyon. I didn't want to tell you about it. She's yeah, yeah. freaking. You dead. didn't see the girl. You saw uh, one of the natives wearing her dress, right? Which tells you like the condition that she was in when Wayne found her. Like right. it sets it up in your brain, and then that the brother goes like, "Wait, she wasn't, she wasn't." And Wayne's reaction 
in that moment is one of the saddest, scariest. Oh, it's so things. sad. And I was just like, holy, just like, you like me to show you a picture? Like he absolutely loses his fucking like, mind. Like, We're not talking about this anymore. I am right. done. And it is, <laughs> it's so shocking. It's way more shocking than anything they could have ever shown. Like it, you're just like, whatever happened was literally the worst thing you can imagine times two, you know? And it's, I have to hand it to Wayne, man. He just fucking delivers the goods. Like I'm not a giant John Wayne fan, but in that scene in particular, holy moly, I was so, I'm just like, that's fucking horrifying. Whatever this is, it's horrifying, you know? And so when it like his, his motive, his motivation for how he feels is, uh, extremely well represented in this movie. And it does a, a brilliant thing because it doesn't make this the result of just like, you know, all those Indians are killers. It's like this one guy scar is this bad. And the trauma of seeing what he does has driven John Wayne almost insane. Right. And then later on, you find out that the reason that scar does what he does is because this very thing was done to him by white settlers. Like, and so this, te- that tells you the complete revenge story. Ends revenge. <laughs> yes. Like this, this is what is happening. Like it, it says, it says it very softly, but it definitely it says it. It definitely favors white people. Oh yeah. I mean like it's, it's for, it's, it's, ta- it's talking to, and it's like, it's talking to an audience of primarily white people who come to see John Wayne movies. Right. Um, sure. And so it's important, like, these are the people that you want to expose to these new ideas. And you can't just come out and say, listen, all you stupid idiots. Like, here's how you're supposed to be, and you're evil. Like, that's not going to fucking help anybody. This movie is the kind of movie that gets under your skin. Like, like it really, like, the people that saw this movie, this might have done something to change their backwards attitude, or at least given a crack in their armor about what they think. I don't know. People take things. It can be hard. Away. I know. If you, if you, if like, yeah, but like the fight club discussion. But I mean, like, if you're going to have a chance, make a movie like this. Don't make a yeah. movie that fucking shames people and tells them they're morons because you're not going to get them to listen to you literally. Yeah. I mean, honestly speaking, Eric, I was like, this movie was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really good. Yeah. And yeah. I just, it, it just, uh, it's just hard to digest from a perspective in 2023, right? If you think about like, that's actually the thing that I think is so fascinating is like, you know, how would you like this? How do you, how would you remake this today? If you would, you would never remake this. You would never do this. Right. And yeah, you can't make remake it the way that it is. Right. Right. Like it would be hard to make it remake it in any other context because people are, they, I was just also thinking, bringing back to the Coen brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Like Buster Scruggs does a little bit of that with sure. the whole killing Native American. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's different though. Right. Cause like, cause yeah, like they, like they are like that, that I've seen Buster Scruggs now like a zillion times and I really love the way they handle this stuff, especially like they open, they open strong and set up their opinions with the hanging scene where like this native American is going to be hanged. Right. And these other two fucking scumbags get to give a big speech uh, before they get the, the bag thrown over their head. This guy starts to talk 
No, 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 no. That wasn't Buster Scruggs. That was True Grit. I'm sorry. That's True Grit. Yeah, that's that. I'm sorry. That's why I'm trying to build it. Where they just go like, this is this is their real this is their real opinion here. They just sort of like like this is the real this is what is really happening, and we're just going to show it to you to put that in the back of your. I'm specifically talking about the scene in Buster Scruggs where the girl says, you know, you know, before they rape you, kill yourself or whatever. Yes, yes. A very (laughs) very a very surgery situation. (laughs) Right, right. Little tip. Yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 and it exactly. was just. But there is a very like, you know, it was funny because I was, you know, when you and I were at, at lunch, and I, and he's like, I, I was like, I don't remember if I've seen this film, and then you asked me a specific question. He's like, I wonder if John Wayne realizes the movie he made. Yeah, it's it's a hard question. I think so. Yeah, I do. I mean, he has I think to do he some put heavy a lot stuff, man. of faith into John to, Ford. Yeah. yeah, and that and was his guide right. in life. And yeah. I remember hearing or reading about a story where uh, Dennis Hopper went out with John Wayne to say goodbye to John Ford in Palm Springs because right. he was dying. And there's that famous photo, and I'll pull it up, of, of where they posed with him in bed. And um, John Wayne realized that it was all over like, when he drove back. That basically his guide, his shepherd. I think he just told Duke what to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's, like, yeah, that's very believable. I think so. Um, and it was he. He was an incredible guy. He was, uh, you know, a little bit politically on the other side. But well, here's the thing, dude. It's like great, what, what well, this the other side because that implies <laughs> yeah. things. But <laughs> yeah, but he was, like, he what was this political. Says, <laughs> right? like, the, no, he was a the, big Nixon supporter. Sure, absolutely. Oh, I, I know, but I'm yeah. just trying to imply it's like, the, the, the overall general statement of what's being said. Right? It's like the yeah. the the thing that's really fascinating to me about this movie is when people say, you know, when people talk about this movie, just like, oh, well, you know, it's so out of date, and we don't like we don't feel that way anymore. I'm like, you totally feel like John Wayne. Like everybody in the country feels a, a little bit like John Wayne, just about something else. Like you think yeah. you're so Look wholesome and I good. I put it in the thing. This shot, yeah. I always remember, it is so beautiful. Yeah, look at that. John Houston, uh, John Ford, Dennis Hopper. That's a wild mix right there, man. That's three generations. That's the weekend of, or something he died. Yeah, right. And John Wayne was there. That's and they wild. all went to see him in Palm Springs and then he died. That's wild. Yeah. Hopper's a Isn't it? interesting character. I love this John This is right Houston. after John, yeah, John, John Houston, Houston is, is like all-time favorite. All-time favorite. Man. Just find the find girl. Find the girl. Yeah. But that's, but that's the thing, dude. It's like the, this movie, uh, when you say like you couldn't remake it, like I agree, it's because people aren't ready to be Can't as introspective <laughs> as John Wayne is being in this movie. Yeah. It's actually very interesting. Like, it, and I think the way that you put it, like, like was like, because I still think of John Wayne getting angry at the Native American during the Oscars, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Like him just yet, just about to get up there and punch her. Yeah, when he was uh, Brando so sent, angry, yeah, right, right. he was so angry at that point. And what's really funny is like, and this is not to diss John Wayne, but John Wayne, you know, like took on like he did have his own hard life, etc. But he took on the persona of the projected John Wayne. Like he is like cowboy John Wayne and that's how he saw his life was how he acted on screen, you know, and that became his representation of self. And you start like, it's impossible not to buy into your, what you're selling after a while. 
you know, yeah. and, and living up to that personality and for him to be, and I really, you know, for all the problems that I would have in talking to John Wayne about all sorts of things, I got to give him some fucking credit in making this movie. Like oh, if yeah. he was aware at all of what this movie was really saying uh, just about him, like that is a very brave choice to have made. And Probably I really in admire retrospect. That. Yeah. You know, and I think that John Ford, like John, cause John Ford, I, and you know, I always say this. So like movies are about the filmmakers that make them almost all the time. And I think yeah. that John Ford sees himself in, uh, John Wayne's character. Yes. Right. And when the door is closing on him in the end of that movie, that's what he feels like. That's what he feels like about this, about heading into the sixties. That's what he feels like about movies. Like I'm the reason why you can even fucking live out here and I am shut out. And I have to face this because the world fucking changes. Like this is because what this really is and what, you know, like everyone should imagine is it's the Moses story, right? Like Moses brings, uh, uh, the new generation to the promised land and he can't go into the promised land because he is from the old generation. God's like, no, that's not for you. Like if you came, everything would be spoiled. This is for these new people who see a new vision of the, of the way people can be. And as much as we owe you for clearing the way and allowing this to be true, it's time for you yep. to go. And his, yeah. he basically, you know, not, he brings back, uh, he brings back the girl who has been raised by native Americans who, because she's been raised by Native Americans, he's wants to kill her because it's, she's what, no longer human. Right. Right? He brings her back. Mm-hmm. He, he lets, hands her over to the future. Right. And he he brings back the the the, the kid who he never accepted because he was a half breed. Right. Who marries a white girl. Yeah. And let like they all get to come into the house. And they all get to come into the new house. Which is beautiful. Right? And That's he stays outside. Step, but he is shut out. Right? And like it's it's over it's incredibly beautiful and very sad. And it's a it's a wonderful um empathic view of how it's just hard. It's hard. It. Yeah, it's very hard. And the thing is like it's a courageous movie in that like the last like 25 minutes or so when she first comes running over the hill, like, like, and you see her, like, uh, the young guy, uh, runs to her and, and hugs her. Right. And, uh, and John Wayne levels the gun at her because she said, you know, because he heard her say like, those are my people. And at the moment she says that he's like, it's over. You're dead. You might may as well be dead. Right. That's that. And he's going to shoot her. He's going to kill her. Right. And he protects her. But in the end, because of the because of the heroism of the guy that's been a heroic force all along, like and like he finally sees the value of what is happening, and he changes this in himself enough to hand it over into the future. Like he doesn't become some he doesn't see the light and just like oh you know I'm very open minded now. He doesn't do that. He just goes I will give this much. I will trust this much in this new world. And because he does, the new world gets to happen. Like, and the, because he wasn't holding it back, he didn't try to stop it. That's his job. Because he doesn't even get to kill the fucking bad guy. 
the young guy kills the bad guy. And he, and one of my favorite gunfights, by the way, of all time, because he comes in, the young guy comes in, sees, uh, wood, like picks her up. It's all, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. The shadow appears in the door doorway. You see scars. You know, legs. You you know, know who it that. is. And you just see this, the same low medium, uh, of Natalie Wood and the, and, um, and the young kid, like the kid turns and his head goes up out of the frame. And all you see is the gun right in cameras, like going, bam, 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 bam. And then it cuts away. And my immediate reaction is the kid is dead. <laughs> like you do not shoot this movie this way and have the kid live. But instead, when Wayne comes through, he sees that scar was killed in that fight. And like, that's exactly who should have killed him. And the, and instead of saying, instead of it being a fait accompli, like the kid was really brave in a no win situation yeah. and won. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about when they, they meet all the soldiers that rescued mm. all the white women that were enslaved mm. by that? Right. And all of them are slight, like, they're mentally, insane. Off. Yeah. 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 Mentally they're, they're just, all made just, insane by, by what they've gone through. Right. Right. Uh, and I think that this is like, this is not a scene about John Wayne. This is a scene about the kid experiencing this and seeing this because it's making John, it's basically making John Wayne's argument against the kid. Cause that like John Wayne isn't going to bother making the argument to the kid. Like he's saying, look at this, like, look at this. This is what happens. This is why we can't act any other way. And the kid is the one who doesn't know what to do in that scene. Right. He's like, he, like, it doesn't say like, now, like it, the, the movie does not take the easy route and say like, oh, you know what? You're right. Young kid, you're the new generation and you totally got it nailed. Instead it goes, no, this is a real fucking serious issue and you have some shit to figure out. And it leaves it right in the dude's lap, you know, and it makes you uncertain. You're like, whiz, jump man. At least within the context of the movie, John Wayne seems to be correct. Sit thinks the kid. And that's what leads up to the ending that you get. Like it's an earned ending where people really have to make choices over the shit they've seen, you know? And that's the kind of stuff that you want to, you want to know why Marvel films are fucking collapsing because they won't do this. They, this is not the kind because you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a big weighty anything. You just have to tell the truth about a character and they can no longer do it. Because truth you can't, doesn't sell though. Truth doesn't sell. You what, what people what people respond to is a whole shitload of self congratulation. They're like, "Oh, great! It's me, and I'm right all the time. Fantastic! I'll buy a ticket to that." Until they buy it so much, they're like, "Why am I bored?" <laughs> and then you have Marvel. Like this is the this is the answer to making a uh, to making things better. Disney is make a movie that actually challenges the characters in it. Don't just say things that are true. Test that they're true and prove that they're true. It's, I think there's, there's gotta be a way that you could make this movie. Like hard, like Brookback mountain. Yeah. That's what needs to be made, dude. That's what needs to be made. Right. Where a movie where we can actually discuss these issues. And I, 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 Eric, I think your, your, your idea of like, you know, making it about, oh my God, there's no way we can do a Palestine Israeli film right now. There's no way. 
Right. But that's when you need to do that. I yeah. know. <laughs> like that's, that's the moment you need point, to do folks. it. Like, I know. And well, I called. Like this, when, when I, I hear people say, well, no, it's not the right time. That is usually exactly the right time. That's how you know it's the right time. When people tell you it's not the right time. We're scared. We're yeah. scared, scared, scared yep. people. Yep. Yep. And like, like I said, there, there, there are, st- there's stuff that I don't want to talk about on the show because the, the emotions run so high that it turns things useless. So that is the, that is that like, that is a, that's a representation I, of that. I lived, I lived in, Egypt. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure. I lived in Greece and I lived in Greece during the be- that time mm-hmm. and it was challenging. Oh, I mean Greece as is- an American. Right. And Greece is split. Yes. Am I right about that? It's one of the islands that are, uh, that well, are there's, no, but there's, I mean, Cyprus and all that other stuff, yeah, but right, like, exactly. but it's not, it's, there were a lot of Palestinians. Palestinians that moved to places like Greece to get away from stuff like that. And as you're an American, it's hard, right? Because, I don't know. And then you go back here and here it's like, no, it's all black and white. "Eh." This is because we can't (laughs) think of anything. I mean, like, like, to bring it to, you know, to, like, because, like, these are problems that we're having even regardless of any other country in the world, America is having these problems of itself. Yes. Know? We're having the same issues. And, yes. uh, and like, we can't seem to get out of the hole and it's because nobody has the courage to make a movie like this, you know, where you really do have to be responsible about what you're trying to talk about. Little drummer girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a favorite book of mine, by the way. If you like, um, like that's, that's John a movie where, like, yeah. do you remember? Yeah. Do you, you know the one the scene, and it's just coming to mind where she's with the guys in bed, and they talk about the scars on their body. Yeah, right. That is a fascinating. That's still yeah, so great. vivid to me. But these these are the kinds of things where I'm just like, if you could. If you had any of the, because I know I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon, and uh, and so I don't know how this fits in that conversation. Yeah, However, actually, yeah, who, yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of competing ideas about this. I'm, I'll wait to see it myself, but it's like I don't think it nails things. It seems to not nail things so solidly as to yeah. make a really strong uh, argument to everyone. And uh, sure. And I think that that's that's a that's a missed opportunity because the the dialogue surrounding it is doesn't seem to be very productive, uh, and I feel like there's like I don't know what kind of movie you could make about our situation, just about our just about our political situation, um, you know, left and right, blah 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 blah, like that would be helpful. Um, but I do wish that people would look to movies like this and try to see what they're really doing. But it's hard for people to even watch this movie today. And not have just immediately sort of throw away. Be like, I don't even, yeah. I don't, I don't want to look at that. Oh no, this would be thrown away. This would be seen as a massively racist film. Right. Yes. Right. Immediately. Right. right. Uh, because on the surface, that's people even see a hint of it and they'll be like, crumple it up, throw no. away. Don't want to talk about yeah. it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's a drag to me. That's a huge drag. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're losing out on the conversation. And actually, I don't think people want subtle conversations. No, they don't. No. They don't want conflict. No. They don't want to, they don't want conflict inside themselves is the issue. Like you yeah. don't want to have to think hard about things that, if you are honest, are very difficult within you. 
Yes. You know, like you want it to be I easy. think it was – now, I know it's about as far as you can go in this film. And I, I appreciate everything you guys are saying about, you know, what's going on here and every, you know, everything else. But, sure. like, I I think it, feel, it still feels – one-sided. <laughs> well, it's definitely made from, I mean, it is made from John Ford's point of view, right? Sure. Like, and so, like, I, I would say that, like, it's not like some, like, la-di-da, everyone, everyone, just everyone, like, it's not the the left making an argument in the disguise of the right to try to get them on board. It's someone from the right thinking hard about their actual values and seeing some sort of connection with another point of view. And that's yes. so much more valuable to me. Yeah. You know, and that's like, and I, and I, and I know like, you, nobody has to see this movie. It's fine. It doesn't make any difference because like you do have to be like, in order to not have a knee jerk reaction to this, I think most people would have to see a lot of other fucking movies and know more about film history before they're ready to take this one on. That's how it is. And I don't mean to be like elitist about it. I just think you need more context. And people are not really good at context. context right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like people are not great at context right now, even in the best of times. No. Um, so I wouldn't like, I wouldn't uh, recommend this movie to people just to convince them of something. But if you do have that context and you are aware of those things, then I would hope that people see this movie as a really rich experience that's worth uh, taking part in because John Ford's really trying to think about his own uh, culpability in what you were upset about, you know? And I think it's really kind of wild. Yeah. You know? And like, that's, that is, that's responsible. And it has a vision of being a unified, uh, 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 family, all of us in which he, John Ford has to make great concessions in order for that to happen within himself, you know? And I think that that's incredibly powerful. And that's the kind of thing that is just totally absent. Bravo. Mm. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, it's very seen it so many times. It's like, I, I, yeah, Eric, it was very challenging to see because, you know, obviously there's a lot of, uh, stereotypes and stuff Mm -hmm. that are gone here that you challenge, right? Like you guys see, you know, Comanche people looked at in a certain way, one hundred percent, with blue eyes, yeah, <laughs> and clearly yeah. not Comanche, right? Right, right. And then, and but then at the same time, you see people who are clearly probably Mexicans that are portraying them, which is sure, and they did a good job, right? Um, but there's uh, there's it's something I don't know. There was something interesting about. It like it took, and I I literally like two hours before this podcast is when I stopped watching, and I was like, oh shit, I got a lot to digest in here. Yes, it's a big one, a lot to digest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I will I will see this movie again. I'm gonna look at it again and 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 think about what it meant. But I was like, oh my god, we could not make this. Like it is, yeah. Yeah, there is so many things. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real challenging movie, and it really invites you to examine your yourself and how you are like because because John Wayne is the her, the quote hero of the movie. Like, right, you're going to project it's John yourself. Wayne, man. He's, He's John like, Wayne. You know, it might as well be Tom Cruise, right? Right, and you can't. There's no way you can watch a character for that long doing heroic things without projecting some part of yourself into that. And so the movie is saying, 
you probably have this problem somehow, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever, who knows, Mm -hmm. but you might be suffering this internal conflict and it's a really tough thing to overcome. And the only one who can overcome it is you. And it's just like, that's a level of responsibility in filmmaking that is very, very rare. And, uh, yeah. and I think it opens the door. I mean, just on a, on a, like if we get off the, the, you know, the, the, the meaning of the larger social aspect for a second, like, because this movie was brave, it opens the door to greater dialogue in all sorts of other films, uh, for the next 15 or 20 years afterwards. Like yeah, it, yeah. it really, really, really helps why, everything why, else. Why can't we make these things? Any more fear. <laughs> yeah, it's fear, money, and fear. Yeah, that's it. Disney's not going to fucking make this movie, and yeah. Disney owns everything. There you go. Right. That's why we don't see it. They don't know every. They don't know yeah, everything. No, they're I'm losing everything. Yeah, they're they're like, like honestly speaking, Disney's losing right now. I, and it's I know they just bought back all of Hulu. Yeah, yeah, they did. They need it. They desperately need it because they're desperate. And they thought that they like we have Marvel and Star Wars, and we own and, and we all of cinema, them both into the earth, and they <laughs> destroyed them. The two most valuable properties in the surface of the earth, Kathleen and they Kennedy, burnt them to the ground. Yeah, well, no. Kathleen Kennedy and Kevin Feige, right? Yeah. So. Well, the thing is, man, like, they, and then to give them credit, like. Like it's not like Kathleen Kennedy is a bad producer. She's a t- t- tremendous, legendary producer. producer. Absolutely, legendary. And, sa- yeah. and same and same with Feige. I mean, like Feige for ten straight years made, built the largest, most successful thing in the world. Yeah. However, the early they, days of Marvel were actually amazing. There's lots of there's tons of good Marvel. Yeah, movies. but that that t- okay, guys, that's not successful. No, okay? no it's, it's the last thing in Hollywood you are remembered by. Okay, is mm-hmm. you remember the last thing you did? Okay. Great leadership and great vision doesn't mean you just push the throttle down and fucking run the gas 100%. tank empty. So it's, Kathleen Kennedy sucks. Well, she really does. Well, because she destroyed a brand. She destroyed something for many people was iconic. Right. When all you had to do is pull back and say, we don't need that much money. Right. Because this is such an interesting property and think like an artist. No, they just pushed that. Eh, fuck it. And they yeah. did that. They, they, like, I, well, the thing there's is, nothing well, great about that. Well, the, the thing is like they, the mistakes that they are making now are rooted in their successes. Right. And they haven't learned to, uh, change into what is required to make things new and successful. Like they're, cause they're going to, they're going to, they're the ones who are going to have the door closed before the end of the movie. <laughs> like that's, that's the position they're in, you know? And, and what they thought they could get away with is like, we had a giant success. Now let's do it again. And you just go, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's just not how it but works. I know. But I, if I can just go back to my rant and I know mm-hmm. Chris is probably looking at me, but I don't care. It's I don't look at you, I, but I just joking. <laughs> but the point is, that is why Hollywood sucks, and I'll yeah. tell you why. It's because they don't think of the long term of the art and the community. They just yes. think of themselves. And if Kathleen Kennedy's like, you know what? I, there's nothing but down for me because I'm just keep selling this crap. We need we need fresh blood. Why don't we bring somebody else it's in with a new vision? It's the only way 
to like the only way to keep on making new stuff is to get new people involved. Eric, That's right. You know, like Eric, you're a hundred percent right. And, and every how time much she brings in need? fresh blood, she mm-hmm. fucks with it. No, she no. She can't let go. That's right. Yeah. That's a bad producer. She's yes, not a yes, good producer. Yes, yes uh, so I agree just, with you there. You have enough money in your life. Walk away from the studio, get a place in Laguna and fucking live out your life and zoom friends. Well, the thing is, like, I think that like the, the model, like the, it took a long time for the Star Wars model to fail, right? Cause it's not her fault. Like Star Wars has been failing for a good long time. It's just that oh, Disney, wait, no, like, God, it's, it's under your command. 50 years old for yeah. God's sakes. Like the last, I mean, the last, like there are sporadically good Star Wars things like Andor and Rogue One, a couple other things that yeah, we but that just doesn't, put, that's, that's actually, we, that's incidentally that's, well, Star Wars. These, yeah, exactly. These things are like, these are the, the, uh, outliers that prove the problem, right? Is like all the, the, all the rest of this garbage has been going on since 1983. Like it's all, it's almost all bad except the for a couple of things that they don't step down. And they just continue to make, you know what it is? It's the McRib. Really? <laughs> it's the fucking McRib. Why have a, a thing molded like ribs? Just go buy ribs. Okay? Like, here, here it is. Here's the, here's the thing is I don't blame Kathleen Kennedy for this. I do. She, well, I know. I understand. But my argument is if that you're selfish enough and destroy the I'm, fucking. I'm totally with you. Don't totally, shit where you sleep. Move yeah, on. But, but this, the, this problem Power and money. predates Kathleen Kennedy. Like she is, she was just continuing to do the thing that has been successful for a long but time. For but for a is long now, time, she was like, continuing, and it'd be like, right. you know what, this but is it's not been, cool. It has been failing for forty years. It just finally hit the skids. Like that's the problem. It's not like she invented the problem. Like Star oh, Wars is making yeah. shit in but the nineties. No, I'm not saying that. I think George she's... Lucas was brilliant. He fucking sold it for a yeah, billion he's like, dollars. You take this. I'm you... out, bitches. Yeah, like, hold like, on a second. Like, George Lucas Iger's is like this the dude selling ta- uh, uh, ha- housing way. debt. <laughs> uh, go ahead, go ahead, Eric. Iger is the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like stop meddling. You picked. You should have picked the right guy. He, uh, I read this interesting article. The guy that he picked. Really, he felt he could control, mm-hmm. right? Ch- uh, 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 Bob or Ch- Chappick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was there the whole time. There's a fantastic article they, about oh, the fight. I, saw, I read yeah. that, I think. And yes. they overlooked people that could really transform the studio. These There's three or four other guys that were high-level executives. He overlooked them to go with a guy he can control, he and he doesn't control. get rid of his office. That's he doesn't selfish. get rid of his office. That was the telling thing, Eric. Yeah. That's right. He That's selfish bullshit. And you're not thinking of the art form, the community, and other I'm things. You. You're just thinking of yourself. And that's Kathleen Kennedy and the whole like. <sighs> Strip sure. them all out. Put Steven Soderbergh temporarily in charge Can you for one of the studios. Can and you Quentin imagine Tarantino, how, bring yeah. it back from Israel and say, you know what? You it's have two true. years to fucking change. And yeah. then... There would be excitement. There would be new stars. Yes. There'll be crazy shit going on. But no, they just want more money. How much money do you need in your life? Like this is this is the, the thing. Dude. The shareholders. It's uh, the yes. shareholders. Oh, it's the shareholders. Yeah, right. So they so they the, buy ESPN and yeah. they really think the thinking of the shareholders and some of the deals they've made. So like I, I've said it before, so I'll say it very briefly, right? This problem. This is one of the most unusual episodes we've done. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's great. Funny. I'm loving it's it. It's funny. I'm loving it. But to, 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 it's I mean, just, but you for know, people who have never heard this. me say this before, this is my nutshell version of this problem. In 1983, they came out with a movie called Return of the Jedi. Oh, jeez. And I'm Christ. not going to, and I'm not going to talk about Return of the Jedi except to say that it's terrible, right? But the relationship 
two media that we developed out of that single film has fucked up the entire industry for 40 years. And that is a fan problem and that is a business problem and they are interrelated and it just keeps on driving the same wheel. It's so over the cliff. interesting. You said, so, so like, you know, like I, I've been following Spaz for a while on social mm-hmm. and he has been talking about how what he's done in CG mm-hmm. with Jurassic Park, both he wants both credit for the fact that he did what he did. He did it. <laughs> and and also the world. <laughs> it, claiming that because of what he did and how it was interpreted, it right. fucked up the entire he's film the, industry. He's the Oppenheimer of visual effects. <laughs> he is the Oppenheimer. Oh, my it's God. True. You said it's it true. exactly right. He is the op- – he feels like he's, he's the, the Oppenheimer. Op- I got to tell Spaz. I'm going to text him. This, like, Do you feel like you're the Oppenheimer of, of the movie industry? What have I done? <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, 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 but Eric, you, your point is well taken. Absolutely, well I mean, but these those those guys. Oh Kathleen no, I'm Kennedy, correct. It's, you, you it's are selfish, correct. rich people. Right, the Absolutely. Greenwich housewives run into place and if, get rid of them. If you if you took them out of the equation, <laughs> so what, I just like it. This Greenwich housewives, specifically, yes, specifically Greenwich, Greenwich. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but but, here, but I'm here's telling the thing. you, they're I, so I smart, you. they're stupid. So like, it's, if you if the problem here's the problem is if you take them out of the equation now. Right. It's the difference and, between a Greenwich housewife oh, and a Kardashian. Oh, it's the same. It's just <laughs> the East Coast flavor. Read Joe Didion. You'll, you'll find all about this stuff. So the, uh, like the, like here's the thing. If you take them out, if you took the, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's the world out of the equation right now and just remove them entirely, replace them with whatever Tarantino, blah, 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 whatever new, whatever great filmmaker you want to stick in there or new filmmakers, et cetera. Right. Those people would go out and make incredible new films. And because the fan base, is addicted to the old bullshit, those films will bomb. <laughs> yes. So you think so? They are here's the other the deal. side here's of the, the problem. Deal. This fuse is, is coming close to the end. Mm-hmm. So, so you can either just be brave and mm. say, you know what? Let's just fucking do it because right. we don't have another choice. Because like they did this with Andor, which is one of the great bits of television I've ever seen. It's a great show. Regardless of Star Wars, Ir- you know, irrespective of Star Wars, great show. Okay, okay, okay. But it is a anything to do with turns. Star Wars? Well, this is the thing is, it has a Star Wars brand on it. It should have done as well as sure. anything else. But it, it should have. It's should, not about fan service, right? But no, exactly. The reason why it bombed is because it is good. That's why it. That's why it doesn't make any no, money. because <laughs> get, it doesn't give them fans, Chewbacca in the middle of Exactly. Falcon. Fans yes. are like, where's my giant lightsaber fights? You're giving me this John Le Carre bullshit. I don't want to see that stuff. Right. And everybody else who would want to see it doesn't want it because they think it's Star Wars is lightsaber because Star fights. Wars is lightsaber, yes. <laughs> That's the problem. That is your and, problem. And my commentary really is for Hollywood in general. It's Absolutely. not just Kathleen Kennedy and I mean, Star Wars crap. I completely agree with you. I'm just on board with everything you're saying, Eric. It's just, <laughs> because it's too many people holding on to power. Give a, a fresh, because everything is not fresh anymore. But, it's but, just but stupid. But we said this a million times. Like, okay. It's going to... Re- no, 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 yeah. no. Well, listen, we're listen, we're almost there. there. We're almost no, no, there. Eric, I, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> we, we've What we've said a million times is like, this is why it's going to be a revolution. And we're in the middle of one of the 
biggest strikes ever about yeah. this exact it's subject. Exciting. It's so exciting. It's a bunch of people <laughs> flipping tables right yeah, now and right? saying, fuck it. Yes. Yes. And then you have little, little breakthroughs like talk to me where YouTubers are like, what if I went out and was super I just successful and shot at yeah. myself? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it did this yeah. my own damn self. Yeah, exactly. It, like, so it's, it's interesting. Okay. It's I, I want a couple things I want to, I want to bring up. So, so, so there was an Apple event that happened. Uh, I listen to a lot of tech news, as you guys know. It's an Apple event that happened this week, and it was kind of bullshitty. Apple, it's lo- honestly From Apple's Apple? lost. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bullshitty. But no. they they did this whole thing, and um, they were announcing new Macs and, and M3s, and it's not that big news. But at the end of the whole thing, they said shot on iPhone. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now think about that marketing shot on iPhone. Mm-hmm. When you actually see what they did, they had fuckload of th- yes, it was shot on an iPhone, but they had a fuckload of lights and gimbals and directors. Of course, and, of course yes. right? Of course, yeah. But Tangerine. the illusion of shot on iPhone is yeah. this: some guy holding up a phone, going That's click. Right. Look, you can it's be a complete like, it's, marketing bullshit. It's, it's a reverse. It's a reverse of there's no CG. It's the same thing. It's the same bullshit. It's, it's the just, no. same. There's no, no CG here. There's no lights. It's there's like, no cameras. Uh, there's yeah. no grips. There's yeah, no producers. Okay. So the sensors <laughs> on an iPhone can shoot a 4K footage. And as it's long amazing. as you light it correctly, you got it. Yeah. Turns out you have to have a fucking actual or actual dp to get this thing done <laughs> yes exactly if you want to make it look good you have to be good at it, that's how it works. and so that's the thing there's like mm-hmm. there's a, this illusion of like yeah. oh my god and is soderberg can make anything with an iphone it's like yep yeah, yeah. He's fucking the, soderberg yeah because he's, it's just like like oh i have a typewriter now now i can be a now i can write moby dick mm. You can type Moby Dick. <laughs> I used to, I used to say this like all the time. It's like, I can give my dad a Leica. Isn't that going to make a great photograph? It's exactly. like, you know, That's the way it goes. and actually, you know, a lot of times, like, so, you know, my, my pictures of my little flies that I shoot, mm-hmm. like, you sketch them. No, no. Oh. I shoot them on my, like, people like, oh my God, it's an incredible photograph. It's like, I shoot them on my fucking pixel phone. Yeah, exactly. Right? right, and it's not. It's not. It's, Great photograph. I'm not saying that my technology. pixel phone. This is a. This is a still like the sensor yeah. is only this deep. <laughs> like it doesn't like, matter you know, what you give an artist. They'll yeah. be. They'll make it's art like, with it. It's, no, it's 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 a matter of composition. <laughs> yeah, it isn't <laughs> the artistry. fucking technology that makes you an artist. No, that's what is going on? You know, that's why they'll, as we always say with AI, it's just like, you can give fucking AI to everybody on the face of the earth. The only ones that are going to make great art with their artists. Eric is always, (laughs) always my living example of like, it's not the tool, it's the artist. Yeah. You can give fucking Maserati to everybody on the street. Go ahead. Like I, like I show people stuff like, and the guy was looking at, you and I were, were, Eric had done a bunch of concept art for us for a project we're working on today. And we showed it to a guy today. And the guy was like, that looks, wait, what? Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, it's like, no, no, no. It's like, and you can clearly tell by everything that was done, it was done with a specific taste and yep. style yep. and feeling that is a hundred percent Eric. Yeah. And if we, in like in, a, in just one and page, it doesn't of things, matter what tool he used. Effectively communicated everything we needed to communicate. The only thing that the AI Perfect. did was allow him to say it faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give him more time. <laughs> 
That's yeah. basically you get, you get a thousand like now from a now from a great artist you get a thousand new things. That's a yes. that's a bonus. That's nice. Yeah, you know. But this and is so, thing, so it's Eric's like, Eric's Eric's style is is resonates and he's figured absolutely. it out. So Kathleen Kennedy is the person who gets the AI and thinks they're an artist. Like that's right. what's happening. Like they're just like, oh, just press the button and you get great art. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> like no, I don't mean to slam Kathleen. I don't well, know Kathleen Kennedy. Just, like, She's done lots I of rem- great stuff. Yeah, I understand. I I just remember like very this this happened years and years ago. Actually, I was a DD. I was working on Day After Tomorrow, and there was an article that came out that was. The, the, the computers made all this incredible stuff in CG. This is yeah. back when people thought CG was cool and visual effects, right. by the way, which is not the case anymore. Right. But yeah. it was like the computers, the, all this, and, and I remember everyone at DD being really upset about like, oh no, fuck, I made that image and I used a yeah. computer. It's not the computer that made it. Yeah. And I, it was a CNN journalist, by the way, who mm-hmm. wrote this article and it was a big deal. And, Back then, at the end of the article, the email of the journalist was in the article, mm-hmm. and I emailed the guy and oh, said, wow. "Yeah, I was like, yo, yo, <laughs> yo. By the way, I work in the visual effects industry, and this is a horrible problem." The guy emailed me back in like fifteen minutes oh, and wow. said, "Oh my is god, the photos? huh? He yeah. photos himself." No, he's yes. like, he's like, he's like, oh, you're absolutely right. He's like, I, I didn't put that into context how yeah. actual people oh, good, are not nice. getting credited and we're crediting it to a technology and not the people. Right. right. And so he rephrased it, sort of contributing to the artists and acknowledging the, 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 the nice, the, the cool stuff about the technology, but also right. crediting. And he, yeah. and he sent me, he's like, would this be a better way to phrase it? And they changed the fucking article. Wow. That sounds like that's journalism. Amazing. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. Yes. We don't get that anymore. <laughs> no, that's we don't insane. get that anymore. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh, journalism is about to be destroyed, by the way, with AI. Uh, Yes, Honestly yes, speaking, yes. yes Believe me, I, I have lots of bad things to say about it. They're very yeah, yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very. Like it. It is about to be, and search is about to be destroyed too. Yes. SEO is about to be destroyed, yep. which is yep. search engine optimization. optimization. So, yeah, I just did that yesterday for my site, ericshealy.com. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's good. It's about Man, to it's get good. really. This, this just this coming crazy. year. Just this coming year. It's going to get really shitty, and the yep. internet is going to be divided into two internets. <laughs> internet one internet and for internet robots two. talking to robots. <laughs> yes, exactly. and an internet for people Bot talking land. to people. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to start to like you're going to realize, oh shit, I'm in the robot internet. Yep. Yeah, that's why I subscribe to Medium. I don't know if any of you guys do that. Yeah. No, I like medium. Love medium. No. So, uh, I know we never sort of went through all of the details of Searchers because it is quite the film. But as a Um, racist homophobe, you love the movie. (laughs) Chris, right? it spoke to me really. I just want to say, but I do want to. Can we just bring up some uh, land on some just sheer amazingness in that movie? Just technical and artistry, because absolutely, it is like. The when they uh charge the camp at the end, there are some tracking shots with those horses 
I sent you the video, it's right? Did you see fucking that? Fucking stunning. Did you work. see the that horses, video? The horses. I felt like how many horses died or broke legs? I don't know. In that movie? I hope no, I not hope a none. lot, guys. I have. Uh, I sent a video to you guys, uh, but I'll send you the making of video that I got. Oh, I didn't know. I haven't seen this yet. It's so cool. They're digging holes in the ground. Oh my god! And it what? just shows all everybody, and they taped up all the horses' legs. Mm-hmm. And then painted them brown, the bandage, so it looks like part of their legs, oh, so their man. knees wouldn't get hurt or their ankles. That's crazy. It, it was so. It's, it was it's quite so exhilarating. It's like these so shots hard because you realize, like, oh my god, watching this, the yeah. stunts, crazy, crazy. We don't do this shit anymore. Like this no, is the. Like, we would never do this. Yeah. Like the thing is that I'm like with CG or no CG, make shots that look like that. Cause that is amazing. Like I was just like, it's so thrilling and so yeah, but dangerous. It's hard to watch. It's hard to yeah, watch those yeah. horses fall. Yeah. It's really it's, hard it's to watch. It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I hope that, like Eric's saying, if they're, if they were made, if this, like the, if the fact that, that it's hard to watch the fall is part of the gag and it's all, you know, it's all movie making fun, then I'll that's the way it I'll put it on be. the server. Uh, but it is for you guys. If you want. Wild. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll put like, it in the Western server. Uh, abs- yes, we should have a Western Chris? server. Sure. Yes. Yeah, but, but that's it, a different but, thing. But yeah, so like, the, that's a what? like put it in taxes 2023. The, uh, but yeah, that the, this movie is so loaded with in just in, ingenious shots, uh, brilliantly staged action. Like it is, it's a wild production. This is like uh, John Ford, top of his game, incredible cinematography and like beautifully staged scenes. I was talking about this earlier. It's just like, there are some, like staging lots of actors in a a large complex shot is something we don't just don't do anymore at all, you know, and just letting a scene play out. Like we have lots of people in a scene, deeply staged, staged up and staged down, lots of interactions, lots of things happening. And it's constantly leading your eye through the main points of the drama all the time. Like that's incredible blocking, incredible craftsmanship. And it's not just like standard A B photography like you see on NCIS. I definitely see it just for that stuff. It's really mind blowing. Yeah, I like the way you just bring in NCIS. That's, along that's with my searchers. go-to right there. Yeah, it's like NCIS is you're, my you're comparing. <laughs> you're, you're comparing the searchers with NCIS. I'm just putting <laughs> that out there. NP, NYPD Blue and uh, yeah, searchers not very favorably. Close to my heart. <laughs> like like the the like NYPD Blue. It's like. Like it's the this is the Dennis Franz of the NYPD Blue yeah. uh, experience. Like it is, it is crazy. I, mean, I, I actually if know Dennis was Franz the searchers nominated Dennis... for Oscars. I don't even actually look at yeah, any no, of that so. shit. No, I Dennis Franz so. was Scar. Scar. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that What's guy was on? such a white guy. Is so <laughs> funny. Like, it's like, oh, dude. Well, you know the uh, the the guy who plays the young kid, right? Uh, who, what? Uh, uh, the guy who plays the kid, Wayne's uh, uh, partner, he is the original captain of the Enterprise on Star Trek. Yes, he Wait, is. Wait, 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 the 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 kid the, that comes in, who is the the Yankee? No, no, no that like the main character. That was John Wayne's son. Yeah, no, that's that was John, John Wayne's son. Okay. No, the main the main character, right? Uh, who John Wayne hates? Jeffrey something, or right? Other. It's uh, Jeffrey Archer, I believe. Oh, right, all oh, right, right. So, so he's the one who says, "I'm Eighth Comanche." Yes. And yes. so like that, that guy was, uh, Captain Pike on Star Trek for the first oh. two episodes. Uh, and uh, Je- Jeffrey Hunter. 
Jump Bridge Jeffrey Hunter. And he's, so he did he, say he says one eighth Cherokee. Yes, that's right. But he's like, but like that dude, I'm like, that guy is one of those guys that like, uh, you can tell he almost had a giant career, but then James Dean. And James Dean just was like, well, no, he hit a stroke spot and then he died. You know who Moses was? Moses Moses was one of my favorite characters, man. He was so good. In in Van Nuys. He was in his late 30s. You're you're muted. You're muted. You hit something on your mic, Uh, Dan. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the the Moe's character. Like, I love that. great. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I just want a rocking chair and a roof over my head. Like, that's an, that's a, a complex character. Yeah. Setups and payoffs, man. That's one of my favorites. And that'll, and also he is echoed in the character of Moe's in Open Range, one of my other favorite westerns. No, which is, uh, yeah. And like, yeah, like, I love this stuff. Like, it does and all the guy, that stuff. The guy, the guy who's the Charlie was the, 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 the husband and not to oh, be. The suitor. Yeah, the suitor. Like, I actually love, and Eric, you brought it up earlier. I love all the goofball stuff. Like, it's so refreshing to get to that because the movie is so fucking grim. It's so grim and so scary all the time that when it gets to the slapstick, I'm like, oh. Thank God, there's still happy things in the world. <laughs> By the way, that dancer around the Mexican restaurant—yes, right, right, right—Casey Kasem, a young Casey Kasem who became a, a radio legend. Oh, there it is. It's Wolfman Jack. <laughs> Who's Wolfman Jack? No, you're okay. You're fine with me. <laughs> Wolfman Jack. Yeah, we saw him in American Graffiti. He's great. American Graffiti. Oh yeah. He's trying to eat his tortilla. Give me a second. When she comes up to him, he's like, "More frijoles, mamacita." Dude, like I, like I couldn't. I love. It reminded me of of DiCaprio in the Old West in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like that whole scene was just like, I know you cook some fine tamales. <laughs> it was just like this is this is the scene that Tarantino was thinking about. It's just like I'm yeah, gonna he took it from that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally, <laughs> it's hysterical. It's, t- it's up to Tarantino. He would do something like that. Totally, one hundred percent. It's hysterical. Some tamales. Oh boy, God bless you. God bless me. As we're wrapping up, I think I figured out exactly why my video kept going out. What's that? And this uh-huh. is a very like I'm going to go full technical here and you just have to hear me out. Okay. So, um, uh, the way that I'm getting video feed out is I have a regular, like I have an actual Sony camera that I'm uh, using here. And that Sony camera is going with a HDMI cable out and it has an, a converter that, goes from HDMI to USB and basically turns anything that has an HDMI cable into a USB signal, which basically turns into a webcam, right? right. Now, it had this little cable <laughs> oh, look at that, that basically extended the USB from one to the other. And then I was like, I think something's happening with that converter. And when I went down under the desk to figure it out, I realized that my brand new State-of-the-art, very expensive uh, uh, NVIDIA graphics cards that NVIDIA has uh, thankfully you know, loaned me to be able to test mm-hmm. new stuff. Blowing out so much freaking heat onto that actual thing, my, that, that, little, that little, basically little dongle was like 
melting. a million degrees, and I think it was overheating <laughs> from funny. all of the 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 uh, the stuff. So and so, the minute I pulled torch. this out, none of the problems happened oh, anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. So it was basically an overheating of a small dongle. So, yeah. <laughs> that well, case? I know a lot of people were asking about that, so that's yeah, cool. We kind of yeah, I just thought, you know, to me, <laughs> the troubleshooting part of these things, like, it was refreshing. So uh, I, I want to take this moment to uh, give a shout out to Jason with the comment, Wolfman Jack in a bearskin hood in true grit. That may be the image of the day for me. That is actually correct. That's that's Wolfman Jack. I believe that's Wolfman Jack. Yes. Actually, Jason, you, Jason, Jason, I want to ask you this. And yeah, I know it's going to be a little de- delayed because you have to listen to this. Have you ever listened to um, uh, uh, Lubbock, uh, the album? Yes. Lubbock on, what's on everything, right? Lubbock on Lubbock everything, on everything yeah. by Terry Allen is the artist. Ooh, because... He does a song about the Wolfman from Del Rio. Yeah, yeah. which across the border. Is, yeah, yep. because that's where Wolfman was from, which is American mm-hmm. Graffiti, mm-hmm. and it's a fantastic song. That's but a, that that's entire album. album is just story after story. Like Terrific I listened. Do you know who else to- was from Lubbock? Who's that? Who? Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, yeah, a lot of good music yeah. coming out of there. Okay, right. so yeah, listen, listen to Terry Allen's album, like every song and that, and listen to it linearly, like you're listening it to an album in the seventies, where you're going from story to story to story, because every single story is fabulous. Some of them are very sad, some of them are very funny, some of them are trippy, very trippy. Yeah. Um, that's but yeah. yeah. I, would I have never heard to, of that album, Jason. So I would love to hear your I'm, thoughts on this because yeah. it's a it's a great thing. And I, you know, Daniel and I were having a conversation about like Texas is actually a brilliant place that people uh, yeah, need I, to yeah, explore I spent a lot of time more. in Texas recently, so yeah, that's that's definitely I, I'm in agreement on that. Yeah, the uh, like and that I I had never heard of that album until Chris mentioned it until Chris brought it up, and I was like, this is a that's a really unique outsider bit of work right there. That's yeah. really, and he's really from something. California. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. something else. I really like that. Terry That's Allen is, is from California, but he, it's like, he does these songs that are just, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, like it actually, I, it, it, it's connected in my mind for many reasons to Paris, Texas, the movie. A hundred percent. Like it just, totally, I mean, I love both those same, things for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in the same landscape. It's really something. So if you like that movie, check out that album. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's well, funny. Was I was lovely. talking to someone uh, the other day and, and, and she's brilliant sort of technology person. And I, after a while I was sitting there and having our conversation, like, Wait a minute. There's a poster of Paris, Texas behind you. It's like, I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> That's the jam. That's yeah. the jam. It's true. It's true. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, as we wrap things up, so, um, you know, I've, I've kind of, <laughs> for reasons that will become more clear, Daniel and Eric and, 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 and I have become passionate about Westerns and the idea of Westerns and that transition from Western to 70s filmmaking mm-hmm. for a long time and revisiting westerns is an important part of something that we need to we want to have a conversation about I agree. so which has inspired me is like i think we need to talk about westerns again yep yep and 
as we were talking about it, True Grit came up, and then The Searchers was the next one that we need to do. Um, and I love – this was really good for me. Like we, jam- we we had to cram it. I had to cram it a little bit because I've been very, very busy. But uh, uh, watching True Grit again and then watching Searchers, as it turns out for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, was f- really interesting. Yeah. Hard. Hard. Yeah. Honestly, it was a hard film to watch from this point in time. Yep. I think, I, think, I, I think that's totally fair. And if you, and uh, if, uh, if you feel, if people feel too uncomfortable with it to watch it, I, un- we understand 100%, but mm-hmm. I, if you can stick with it and chew on it, that is a very, very chewing experience. is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> that is the real, that's the real meat and potatoes right there. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, Eric. I get it. You know? So that's why I was like, like I have feelings about, yeah. Uh, the searchers and Almost just a, more and than just true beaut- grits. Honestly speaking, like true grit doesn't yeah. bring up all the, I mean, yeah, no, besides true, being true, a great film. Like, yeah, like the true grit is just a, a beautiful experience all on its own and it's wonderful. But, but the uh, searchers actually has in terms of, yeah. In terms of the stuff that we like to talk about on this particular podcast, that's oof, really, it's really a 70s film it. in 1956. Yes. That is very, very it's the true. first 1970s film. Yep. Very, very true. I agree with that 100%. And I can see really, especially I didn't really say, like I said before, like um, I came to it late. I knew that a number of filmmakers that I admired, this is like one of their favorite movies ever. I don't think it was until this latest rewatch that I was like, I I feel it now. I, I get, get it. it. Yeah, yep. I get it. I get I And get I only watched it important. just a few hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think to it, me, I it was like, the last time I saw I, it was outside the context that we're in now. Now I like, can see actually it. Actually just, yeah. just watching it myself and just going... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. And then suddenly like, no, listen, because suddenly like Wayne. Yeah. He takes it home in this movie. The props. To yes. That, right? But props. like, I'm almost sitting there wondering because I know his political affiliations. Yeah. Like, sure. do you realize what you're actually, you're it's going against. Can you imagine someone of his stature from what just as an example from the republican party or from like what like if what well, here's okay here's an example and i i don't necessarily agree with what i'm about to say but i think everyone will understand what i'm saying imagine if mel gibson made a, an equivalent movie today like where people are just like whoa shit he suddenly had a major realization about self on screen <laughs> like it's that wild you're like what the fuck like who's responsible? How did this happen? And it's really yeah, something to see. In that context, no one would see it. They would just say Mel Gibson is a I racist. Wouldn't see it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not right? gonna see it. Right. So they're exactly. not gonna say, Oh my god, Mel Gibson real Well I don't know. And I, yeah, it's, I it's, think it's, that Gibson issue is much more complex than people like to make it out to be, but that's yeah. a good example of how people would react. Like it's a, like it's it is one of these things where Wayne is very much iconic. But you you even see in that it every moment. now and then, like it, like literally in the Republican Party, like 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 suddenly Mitt Romney is like, "What the fuck?" Flip the tables, right? Yeah, get the fuck and, out of and, this and mess. Liz what Cheney are we doing? Is doing the same thing. Like Absolutely. the people that are like that, I did not agree with at all. Suddenly, like, yeah. oh, and I can still like this. Is the thing is like, I'm not going to start agreeing with them, but I agree with the fact that every all the rest of that shit is crazy. Like, like we can at least be on that much of a side together, right? Like, I don't yeah. have to agree with him on taxes. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, right? yeah. like we can disagree. I have a healthy disagreement about yeah, that. But that's, that's a problem, right? In yeah. order to flip taxes, you have to go. You, 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 <laughs> you like, got to go like, full retard. 
Yeah, dude, it's all the way. You have to like that's a kind <laughs> of challenge. Go full man. retard to go yeah. on the tax. Nobody knows taxes. the movie that that's from. That's another movie that's very in your face challenging about things that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. another one right there, Tropic Thunder. By the way, for those that are keeping <laughs> keeping score, that's one of Robert Downey Jr.'s absolute best roles. Oh my god! And one of the most daring bits of comedy because I've actually ever like seen. Tropic Thunder and Searchers would have been an interesting yeah. pairing. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. That Not is, more I think about fucking, it. Put your money where your mouth is and believe yeah. it's hysterical. Hmm. I think I'm getting anyway, ready to. I do want to th- I, I like on the, on a couple technical things. By the way, the stunts in this are shocking, yep. considering it Out was 1956. Yep. And even right? then, just like it's just breathtaking stuff. Breathtaking stuff. It, it, it is very classic Western look mm-hmm. stuff. For sure. Um, uh, the opening and closing shots are unbelievable. Christine, top five of all time. Top. Yes. Yeah, like Nom- nominated for top position. <laughs> five very, is very five is almost being like generous that, to the yeah, other to four. a fault, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. right? Like like right. that opening shot. I'm like, what the fuck? By the way, also shot in Vista Vision, which was mm-hmm. kind yeah. of rare at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Right. right, right. So right. so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. and um, for if for if you're a film nerd out there. Definitely, definitely, definitely see this movie. Definitely. It's, well, I'm, if you're a film nerd and you haven't seen this film, then yeah. you're probably not a film nerd. And that includes myself because <laughs> yeah. I hadn't so, seen it well, until fucking to today. But I haven't seen this in the theater, which I would definitely love to see. Like that would be so, beautiful in the yeah. theater. I, I, I'm Eric. Thank you. Yeah, let me just put it that way. I appreciate, I appreciate everything you've done for this. I didn't make it, but. No, I know, but you brought it to us. It. Nice job in your former life as John Ford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. I get it. And it's like, it's just hard to watch. And it's like, it feels super racist when you watch it. It's mm-hmm. just, you gotta slug through it. Yep. Gotta slug there's, through there's it. something there. There's something there worth seeing for sure. Guaranteed. Yeah. Cause it is, is most people won't be able to see this and go like, Oh my God, this is super and, racist. And like I said, they're like in just in terms of seeing scenes, like show, like, you know, uh, like show the emotion. Don't, don't, don't like, it's so much scarier and so much worse to see someone's reaction to something horrifying than to show the horrifying thing. Oh like, my God. It is yeah. like when he comes out of the Canyon. Oh, so good. That is, that is one of my favorite performed scenes but ever mm-hmm. it's like, he is like fucked up. Like in a way that you've never seen him in any other movie ever. Like, because it's fucking yeah. John Wayne. He's like, like you he know, almost badass. falls off his fucking horse. He dismounts and he almost falls over. <laughs> like you're like, yeah. Because, and, and you're talking about the guy who's like, we're not going back there. They're all dead anyway. Yeah. Right. And yet somehow that scene yeah, really that was, screwed him up. Yeah, Like the, the imagery that appears that threatens to appear in your mind is. You want to draw a picture? Oh, fucking gold. What a, perfect literally perfect yeah. if also i have a side recommendation if anyone wants to see a um a less immediately challenging but still very very good valid movie uh see christian bale in hostiles which has many similar themes it's a little clearer you know what it's saying up front but it's it's along the same lines and very worth seeing and also 310 to yuma if you just want to see a fucking great new movie if you haven't seen oh, with christian bale and uh russell crowe there's a, there's our, that's our entertaining Western, uh, recommendation. Yeah. There you go. All right. 
I'm going to like, we're, we're trying to get like, and uh, by the way, to our audience and, and people, like I want to apologize for like being out of it. Like it's just too much to deal with. Honestly, there's a lot of stuff going there's on. There's a lot I'm going on. To, it's okay. A lot trying to deal with things. Um, and so I, I haven't been able to do it all the podcasts I want to do and I haven't been able to do everything, but um, we're, we're getting through it. At some point we'll get back to watch parties but at this point, I just want to make sure we record some great. Uh, this was a great yep. one. This is yeah, a really no, this good is one. awesome. This is great. I'm very, very happy. Very happy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody in chat. Thanks to Jason. Amazing as usual. And thanks to Caesar. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, we're going to be doing next, but I love the ideas that you guys brought forth concerning the seventies and concerning uh, doing special episodes about certain topics. Subject. Yeah, I like that idea. Like oneers, yeah. right? Good idea. Because we talk about wonders a lot. Yep. But it would be great to have a focused episode on that stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if we can do three hours on wonders, but actually, yeah, well, I know we, we, might, could, we, we might pick could. like one or two subjects. Like, have a little agenda of what we're going to cover. Like, and, yeah. Uh, and actually, you know what? Things. This is a good point. Go to our Discord. Suggest that. Caesar, yeah. you got some good ones. It's up to you. You brought it up, man. Yep. Yep. We'll do what you want to do. Good ideas. Good ideas. Bring them up. Eric, how are you feeling? I know it's late for you. You're muted. I don't hear you. How did I get muted? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Thank you. I just, it was great. I love watching the searchers. That's good. Yeah. I love the um, day for night stuff. It's just so magical. I got to say, also, by the way, Eric, I I, I rented it on Amazon and it was a very high quality. It was a good print, right? I did the same. It was a good print on Amazon. Looked great. Yep. That was good. Um. And uh, also, just as a capper, for anyone who is really into the searchers, you will also see Michael Mann's nod to the searchers in Heat 2. Just letting you know. <laughs> it's everywhere. Once you see the searchers, you're like, this fucking movie's everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah, just there. it's funny because you're absolutely right. It's like, I didn't actually put it together until you said it, that, like, oh, yeah. They go back and the house is burned up and everyone's dead. <laughs> it's virtually the it same shot. It is 100% <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. Like, it's exactly Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. It's hysterical. But it's a Get great scene. Really Don't look. Yeah, it's a- Get out yep. Their yeah, tracks are side by side. They <laughs> <laughs> walk in single formation. But that's, you know, and, and that's the kind of, but that's the, the wisdom that um, Jeff Bridges had, Right. And that's an innate thing of the land. You know, you understand the nuances of survival. Yep. I fucking love that movie. I cry every time. Every single time. Incredible. Which one are you talking about? True Grit? True Grit. That's a a home run every time it shows up. That's the Babe Ruth. Except snakes don't bite like that. That's the one problem. I I don't give a shit. Because I know snakes. Spaceships don't fly. (laughs) I know. I know. But I know snakes. The West was not like this in the slightest. They don't like, oh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to bite you. That doesn't work. Now, granted, I like, like, uh, but older her was really good also. Oh, it's great. It's great. Another line I just love at the end when she's like, keep your seat trash. Yeah, she did. It's like, fucking good business. Keep your seat trash. Ooh. Yeah. Love it. Love it so. All right. All right. Guys, you guys ready to do this? Yes. All right. Thank you guys for doing this Thank on you. a Friday evening. Yes, nice. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.